Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Cincy Shirts. Look, you know Cincy Shirts. You love Cincy Shirts. They've been with FC Cincinnati from the beginning. And we're just huge fans of their work here at The Post and happy to have them on as a sponsor. If you head on over to CincyShirts.com, that's Cincy with a Y, check out using the promo code THEPOSTCINCY. That's all one word, all caps. You will get 10% off your order and you let them know that we sent you there. They have MLS and MLSPA licensed FCC gear available online or in two retail locations in Hyde Park and Fort Mitchell. And the cool thing about the in-store locations, if they don't have your size on the shelf, they can print you one on the spot. Also, the promo code works in stores as long as you tell them. And that promo code is, again, the post Cincy with a Y, all one word, all caps, or use the link down in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much to Cincy Shirts for sponsoring this episode. And on this episode, oh boy, it's a doozy. This is your official League's Cup preview podcast and we're talking leagues cup the tournament we go over what this tournament is what the format is who are all of these teams joining mls and playing yes we actually gave ourselves homework we did some research and we broke down every single league mx team as it comes in in only the ways the post can give you a preview. We also then, of course, touch on FC Cincinnati's chances and outlook in this tournament, as well as their matches. This is a full, full episode, and I'll be honest with you, you will get hyped for League's Cup if you make it all the way through this episode, because by the time we finished it, we all found ourselves way more hyped for this tournament than we started. It's going to be fun. Tournament kicks off Friday. Let's go. This is going to be your postcast. Oh, and joining me to talk about all of that somehow and more, we've got two gentlemen that have decided, along with me, Folks, we're going to give a shit about the League's Cup this year. Look, we figured this is our chance, right, Chief? This is our chance to get in on the bottom floor and be League's Cup guys, right? <laughs> I mean, somebody has to. It might as well be us, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is no, no one, competition. <laughs> no one else seems to give a fuck. We've noted that on previous podcasts. So, yes. I guess we're going to dedicate ourselves to being the foremost experts on League's Cup. Why not? It's like being the first people to open like a gin bar. <laughs> yes. yes. We're like gin, gin is going to be our thing. Yeah. Everyone else is doing bourbon or like craft beer. We're going to do gin. We're going to be the first place you've ever seen Jennifer. 
<laughs> Zig when everyone else is zagging. I think, uh, Chief, as you put it, the entire MLS intelligentsia is watching. And at MLS All-Star, no, we are previewing the League's Cup because that's where our mind is tonight. And that's where your mind will be <laughs> immediately following the All-Star game. <laughs> so this is step one is we record this podcast. Step two is get real good at SEO so that we can be the definitive source for all things League's Cup when people search it. And we got to get those Cincy shirts out there. We got to sell those Cincy shirts. Promo code, the post Cincy, if you're listening to this at checkout. <laughs> We're hashtag get... League's Cup, hashtag League Cup, hashtag Copa de las Ligas, hashtag Copa Liga. Just we're going to like we're going to run all through anything it. we can think of. <laughs> yeah, we uh... And if you're as excited about the League's Cup as we are, hit that smash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> hit that retweet on the tweet announcing this podcast. We're going there. We're, uh, so we're if you like it. League's Cup, subscribe to the podcast. If you don't like League's Cup, Sure. Retweet the post since <laughs> <laughs> so that we can keep tra- we're keeping track of these. So, right, it's like the uh, trade T Higgins like to agree to retweet to disagree. Like, yeah, there we go. That'll drive up the engagement numbers. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna take a look at this league's cup. We're gonna do our best to uh, uh, look at this as a tournament as a whole for the first three parts, and then in part three we'll get into the more F. Cincinnati view of this because let's be honest that's the only piece of this we're going to actually know a thing or two about the rest of this we'll see how this goes um so in part one I I do want to get right to it because my god there is a a lot of content I'm actually looking at a page of notes on my screen which I'll be honest with you is never the case before we record so I'm not even sure how I'm gonna manage this um Oh, but we've got the League's Cup. Grayson, would you do us the pleasure of just a very top-level explanation? What the hell is this? Um, so it, it's a another cup competition. Yes. Um, it's between uh, MLS and Liga MX. So this is not like Open Cup where there's um, lower division teams. It's not like Champions League where there's Canadian non-MLS teams and like Honduran teams and all that shit. This is just MLS versus Liga MX for all the bragging rights. Unless Liga MX wins, then, you know, maybe we'll, we'll look to next year's uh, CCL to prove that MLS is better. Um, one of the things that was touted about this competition was... Um, it takes place early in the Liga MX season and in the middle of the MLS season and that MLS uh, owners and sporting directors felt like it was a better competition for them than CCL because CCL typically starts early in the MLS season when teams are not in, you know, condition. So they've always used the excuse that the MLS teams are not, up to you know their their final form yet so we'll see we'll see if they put their money where their mouth is um the format is they took um all of the mls teams based on where they finished last year and uh liga mx teams 
based on a strange formula <laughs> <Yes>. of <laughs> how the how they finished in the aggregate of 2022. Yes. That's strange because the Liga MX season goes from 2022 to 20 like it goes it's a fall spring season. Yes. So it spans 2 years. So if you do just calendar 2022, you are taking the second half of the 2021-2022 season <laughs> and combining it with the first half of the 2022-2023 season. So and not yeah, and not yeah. factoring in the season that they just finished where they had a champion and they had playoffs and everything else. So yeah. Right. So the um, the top uh, uh, Mexican uh, team, Mexican seeded team in uh, in this tournament did not actually win um, the the league last year. Um, <laughs> they they had the best record of the Clausura, the second half of the 2021-22 season, but they finished, you know, fifth um, in the in the following uh, uh, segment. So it's a, it's a little weird, but um, basic. So so the top two teams based on those seeding formulas get buys straight in the knockout round, and then the rest of the teams are separated into uh, groups of three. Yeah. Most of which are two MLS teams and one Mexican team. Um, the higher seeded MLS team hosts both of its group games and the lower seeded MLS team just hosts the Mexican team. Yeah. So all of these games are played in the United States or Canada. Yeah, so there's no games played in Mexico. Uh, you'll see it occasionally. I think this is the case when Chivas plays Cincinnati. Uh, the Mexican team will be considered the home team as far as the tournament is concerned. Uh, at least that's how they've been listed on some of the uh, the things. I assume FCC will still get to use their home locker room in that case. Um, that would be very amusing. Um, so, yeah, so Chief, let me ask you this. We, I asked what I asked what League's Cup to Grayson. I ask you why League's Cup? Why are we doing this? I think the obvious answer is that there is a huge market of soccer fans in North America that don't watch MLS. The league has spent decades trying to do anything possible to bring more uh, Mexican and Latin American fans into the mix. And what I think the league's research has shown is that people who come to this country stick with their club teams across the border. They don't make they don't follow new teams in America. They continue to watch their teams from Liga MX. The highest rated soccer game on any given week of the year in the United States is a Liga MX game being broadcast on Univision or TUDN. Um it's a massive 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 untapped market of soccer fans in the United States that MLS craves as a demographic to start paying attention to MLS. And they have tried to do outreach. They have tried to put teams in markets with heavy Spanish-speaking populations. This is the latest thing to try and meet this group of people halfway and say, will you please, for the love of Christ, 
<laughs> stop start watching mls start paying attention to this league yeah and i even from the mexican perspective uh they they see that <laughs> they see all of those fans in the united states that's why uh, the mexican national team plays maybe three games to one in the United States versus in Mexico. Uh, they like having the American dollars from the uh, the Mexican fan in the United States. And not unlike La Liga has tried for years, uh, Liga Mex would love to have competitive regular season games in the United States. That's not allowed by FIFA. Also, the United States would not be a fan of that by any means. But something like this gives them the opportunity to put their teams in stadiums in the United States, collect some of that gate revenue, some of that merch revenue. They start to tap into that. So there is a real true interest from both MLS and Liga MX to make this work. And I was actually just just telling our guys here right before we, we broadcasted the uh the purse on this bad boy is at like $40 million all in across all the teams on the various levels. They want this to work. <laughs> yeah. And it's the other thing to remember about this. And I think this is a big sort of like big picture thing when watching League's Cup is that this is the beta version of whatever is going to become League's Cup. I think that they are going to refine from this year forward. And it would not shock me at all. If this is the only year that this type of format is used, it would not shock me at all if this is the only year where the tournament is played at this time in the calendar. The overall goal remains the same, and that is to bring Liga MX. I think, I don't know, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. The overall goal is to bring Liga MX and MLS closer. I don't think that there's a reality where there's an outright merger ever between the two leagues because that would be complicated from a FIFA point of view and an international point of view. But the idea is that these two leagues want to do business together and want to have their teams playing each other more often. And whatever the League's Cup becomes is going to be based on some trial and error this year, but it's going to happen. It's an inevitability that some form of the League's Cup, maybe even an expanded form going forward, will continue in the years to come. And I think it's a there's a very win-win setup if it works. Because Liga MX has the history, they have the TV audiences, they have the massive fan bases, right? And, you know, MLS has the American market. Um, it's got a lot of money in the, in the league. Um, well, it's got, owners. you know, yeah. potentially relationships with, you know, more American, uh, uh, television, you know, networks and American sponsors and things, right? So Liga MX has had some financial struggles, or at least some teams have had financial struggles in recent years. And so I think that to the extent that the leagues can be viewed as peers to each other and you can get crossover fandom and crossover exposure, um, it could be great for for both of them, and I think that he, like we all we all want, you know, how we want to get there is a whole another whole another conversation. But I think everybody wants generally 
MLS's stature in the world to to rise. And I think that a best case scenario is Liga MX similarly rises. You know, and they can yeah. they can remain peers and rivals to each other. Yeah. And at the yeah. end of the day, like what do we always say is the next step for MLS? And I understand that we're recording this before news comes out as to what was talked about at the Board of Governors meeting in terms of rule changes for MLS, especially salary rule changes. But the bottom line is, is that MLS needs to make more money. The way forward for MLS is signing better players, becoming an acquisition league versus a selling league, and becoming a first choice league for players that fall just below the Premier League and top team levels of the power conferences, the power leagues in Europe. The only way forward for that is to start increasing the amount of revenue coming into the league. And there is massive revenue opportunity for an MLS and also for a Liga MX as well, where there is crossover fandom and a larger fandom that is continental and not just limited to inside the United States. What MLS wants to get out of this is they want fans in Mexico to appreciate the LAFC brand and want to watch LAFC games, and they want the games that are on MLS, regular season games, to find their way to Mexican TV and increase the overall audience of MLS to make more money to sign the better players that increases the, the league stature around the world. That's the end game is money, and there's a lot of money at stake for this working the, right, the way they want it to. And let's put, let's put Messi aside for a second. I think it's still true that MLS Drink. has... And the MLS has bigger stars at the top end than Liga MX does. Yeah. Liga MX almost certainly has a stronger, let's say, middle, upper middle class of player. Yeah. And what I, what I want to see from whatever rule changes come is MLS rosters being able to be I don't I don't just want like another DP. I want more depth and stronger 11s, stronger 13, 14, 15 player depth in MLS. And Liga MX is probably team for team better by that standard than MLS yeah. is. Yeah, it's like the uh, the joke about St. Louis's coach saying the designated team like that. That kind of is the Mexican team model where the entire starting 11 is guys on transfer market worth, you know, two to five million dollars. Whereas in MLS, you got three of those guys and they're at twenty five million. And then the others are all worth six hundred thousand. Yeah, Liga MX teams, by and large, I mean, maybe at the bottom of the team, but like by and large. Those teams don't have the problem that we always describe that at some point somebody making $80,000 is going to have to touch the ball. Right. <laughs> the other thing about League MX, too, and we'll get into this more as we talk about the rosters, is that if, when you go through Liga MX, the overwhelming majority of players are, are Mexican. Mm -hmm. And it's been said before that the player pool for the Mexican national team for L3 is heavily Liga MX, which is just endlessly funny to me. When you go on to U.S. men's national team Twitter and all people want to do is bitch about the players that are playing in the domestic league, whereas in Mexico, 
that is the norm that the majority of their player pool are players playing in the domestic league. And for better or worse, most of the best Mexican players tend to end up in Liga MX as well. So a non-insubstantial benefit that I think is worth keeping your eye on as this tournament evolves is whether or not it becomes more acceptable for top Mexican talent to play in MLS because of the synergy between these two leagues with the League's Cup. That would be a massive win for MLS to get access to that kind of talent pool that otherwise stays domestic in Liga MX. Yeah, and, and a lot, there's a lot of consternation about that I've seen from like Mexican soccer media about the number of Mexican players that stay in Liga MX. And what they have is what I would what I would call by analogy, like the Jose Ferreira or Jesus Ferreira problem, where a lot of these Mexican players are valued so much more highly in Liga MX than they are for like a European transfer. Like right. one thing I saw was, for example, um, uh, Pachuca sold a Mexican American left back to Toluca for five million euros, and like they're not going to make as much money selling that, you know, marginal left back to Europe as they would just selling him within Mexico because their value is so much higher in Mexico for a lot of these guys than it is in Europe. And that's like with Jesus Ferreira, where he's on a big salary number for FC Dallas. The number of teams in Europe that may be willing to pay him that much money aren't, isn't that high. Yeah, but you can think of 10 MLS teams that would trade Dallas right. or buy him, however you want to <laughs> figure right. a, a interleague trade. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting display of the relative strengths and weaknesses of the roster builds of the leagues themselves. Uh, I know Mexico has been going through a bit of an identity crisis with their poor performance in the World Cup and especially with the United States constantly beating them, that they're trying to introduce some reforms to their league at the same time. As Chief said, uh, we're recording this about the time you'd probably expect some some late breaking news tweets to come out about MLS owners meetings, about potential changes to league salary structures and whatnot. So both of these leagues are at an interesting crossroads. And let's not forget, as much as we in the United States are looking forward to the World Cup in 2026, you know, launching the sport in this country and being a real pivotal, pivotal moment for the sport. Mexico's looking at it the exact same way, and they have every reason to believe that the eyes of the world will be on their league and their players. So uh, very interesting to have all of this happening at the same time. And through all of this, Canada's just there, so that's fine. They're just <laughs> existing and along for the ride. It's, I think um, they put that on their money in Canada. Canada, <laughs> we're just there. We're just here. America's Canada, <laughs> we, we ask politely for our freedom. Yeah. We have three ownership groups that favorite. are... We have three ownership groups that are happy to act as like cat's paws to prevent like any meaningful Canadian league from developing. Yeah. <laughs> by dominating the three biggest markets. Yeah. <laughs> and just and just destroying them in whatever cute little cup competition that they have up there. Yep. Uh, so let's run through. We're going to do the quick organization of this tournament because it is weird. I think if you understand it as a World Cup style tournament with some group play that leads to a knockout round, that'll get you 
pretty far, uh, but let me run through a couple of things here. One, uh, this is a, an officially sanctioned CONCACAF uh, competition, so this isn't some weird off-the-book thing that has been, you know, talked about and even floated uh, in the past. So if the winner, uh, they get a spot directly into the knockout rounds in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League or whatever it is that they're calling it in the future. Champions Cup. Champions, Champions Cup. Champions Cup, sorry. Uh, second place and third place, because there's a third place game here both get qualifications into the CONCACAF Champions Cup uh, so not directly into the knockout rounds but there is a prize to be playing for as we said MLS and Liga MX are going uh, there are four regions as they're doing this east west south and central I believe all of them have four groups except for the west has three uh, I'll fact check myself as we go through the uh, the groups here in a little bit it is 77 games hosted overall um, there are no ties that's a fun one. Uh, and maybe a precursor to what the World Cup looks like in 2026. Or no, they gave up on three team groups, so never mind. Uh, but there's no ties. So you, each team gets a point if they're tied after 90 minutes, uh, but they do an immediate penalty shootout. The winner of that gets an additional point. So you can get two points so you, in this tournament. The easiest way to think about this is if you're a hockey fan, this is what yes. hockey's been doing for a while with the shootouts. Yes. And MLS Next Pro, right? I believe so. I don't know their exact point rule, but yes, uh, generally. Um, each club gets a minimum of two matches. The top two teams out of the groups of three go on to the knockout rounds. It's based on uh, points. There's a handful of tiebreakers. Uh, we'll figure it out later. Um, MLS, the number one team, which is LAFC, gets an automatic buy into the knockout rounds, as well as, and I believe Grayson will tell us about them to start the second period, but the uh, it is the most recent champion of the Clausura and Apertura of 2022, but on that weird scale. So it's the overall points winner. After that, they took the top 15 uh, clubs in MLS and the top 15 clubs in Liga MX and reverse seeded them and then did a random draw for the third team in every group and that is how you end up with your tournament uh it'll go out to a knockout stage that includes one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen uh 32 teams in the knockout rounds that's a lot of teams <laughs> so uh <laughs> they'll go from there and um yeah and we'll we'll approach it from there did i miss anything am i getting anything wrong here I think it should be noted, too, that the trophy for the League's Cup is exactly what is depicted in the logo. We found that out earlier on an episode live with one half of the trophy being MLS and the other half of the trophy being Liga MX. And you literally just turn the trophy upside down based on who wins the game. Yes, they are sort of like decorated and adorned in that country's style or something. So, yes. <laughs> and we can all look forward to figuring out if anyone cares and if it's left on the bench like the civil conflict trophy was at the end of the <laughs> Connecticut-Central Florida rivalry, lost to time because no one cares about the trophy. Uh, similarly, Louisville very annoyingly lost the keg of nails at some point in the last 10 years. So screw them. Uh that'll do it for our overview. Do we want to jump over to part two where we run through the groups and folks 
God bless you. We did some homework. We, we've we got your Better Know a Liga MX club through this, and uh, you'll catch that in part two. So part two, you'll get some uh, predictions, uh, Better Know a Liga MX club, and then in part three, like I said, we'll, we'll look at FCC specifically. So let's head on over to part two. All right, part two. We are looking at the actual tournament participants, and I was correct. There is indeed four groups per region, with the exception of the West. They have three groups. Why? Why? Because LAFC, LAFC gets a buy. Sure, but like all the other teams are in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh before we start us off, uh Grayson, uh you uh, very uh very kindly divvied up all the uh, Liga MX teams, the, the Mexican teams for us to research and one of the teams that you got in that draw was in fact the one team with a bye. So tell us who they are and what should we know about them? Yeah, so uh this is a CF Pachuca they will not be playing in the group stage because they, they got a bye straight into the knockouts by, as Kevin said, um, finishing in the aggregate with the most points between the 2022 Clausura and the 2022 Apertura. Um, Liga MX, for, the, for those who don't know, divides its season into two different kind of championships with the first half and a second half, Apertura, Clausura, and then they do like a playoff um, at the end, but this is not a Liga MX podcast. This is a Leagues Cup podcast. So, <laughs> but it's um, important to know. It's important to know that Liga MX has one of the like you have to understand. Liga MX has one of the strangest structures of any of the top ish leagues in the world. Um, it has promotion and relegation, kinda suspended and, it, and it's coming back. But yeah, yeah, and even when it existed. You could get around it pretty easily if you had enough cash. So yeah, it's important to know a little bit about the history of Liga MX and just it's a very, very different setup than if the only other leagues you watch besides MLS are like the Bundesliga or the Premier League or whatever. Liga MX is an entirely different animal comparatively to those other leagues internationally. Yeah. All right. So so Pachuca is located in Pachuca, which is the capital of the Mexican state of Hidalgo. Um, so the city actually has a heavy Cornish influence, meaning pe people from Cornwall. It was a big mining town. And mm. actually the club was founded in 1901 by Cornish miners. And I thought this was funny. Um, there's a local delicacy, delicacy called a paste, which is a pasty, which you'll also <laughs> find in Cornwall or you'll find in the upper peninsula of Michigan which also had a heavy Cornish minor influence, except in, uh, <laughs> except in, uh, uh, Pachuca, the paste is, um, it is like, like a pasty, but it, it uses like local fillings, like, you okay. know, poblano can, peppers can, and the like. Can, can you eat one if you haven't renounced your religious beliefs recently? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, they have seven championships in their history, five CONCACAF champions cups, uh, and they also won the 2006 Copa Sudamericana. And they're the only team in the world to have a club championship outside of its own uh, confederation. Oh. Yep. According to Wikipedia. I guess like, <laughs> like club, club World Cup doesn't, wouldn't count, right? Because that's like all the right. 
stuff. Right. Everyone's um, in it. So their total squad value on transfer market is 50.4 million euros. Their nickname is Los Tusos, which means the Gophers. Okay. I um, like that. <laughs> this was Hercules Gomez's team uh, uh, when he played in Liga MX. Um, and some of their key players are uh, Sergio Barreto. He's a Uruguayan center back. He came from Independiente in Argentina. Uh, Lucas De Llorio, he's an Argentine center forward who came from Club León. Uh, Javier Eduardo Lopez is an MLS connection. He goes by Chofis. He's a former designated player for San Jose Earthquakes. Um, Eric Sanchez is a central midfielder who recently broke into the Mexican national team, played with the Nations League and Gold Cup rosters. And uh, Luis Chavez is another Mexican defensive midfielder. Um, he went full 90s in the World Cup and Nations League for Mexico. And, you know, he played most of the minutes at the World Cup, at the Gold Cup as well. Gotcha. And um, I didn't watch any video of them. But according to Transfer Market, they play primarily in a 4-4-2. Boom. There you go. Solid, solid team. And uh, yeah, apparently we're really good a year ago so they get yes. to skip the uh... and they did they did lose a number of players you know they sold chicho arango to rsl yep um they sold mauricio isais a mexican-american left back and they sold a, a right back kevin alvarez to club america for 10 million dollars or 10 million euros yeah yeah a right back <laughs> big time big time so if you if you uh, had a choice if you had a choice would you be a fan of this club grayson Ooh, good question um i would because i would like to get my hands on like a mexican pasta <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Sounds got delicious, you sold <laughs> oh god so going into Sorry, the pasty. Groups, pasty. I, I think i called them pasties earlier they do call them pasties in cornwall and the up okay not not to be confused. Um, let's go through the groups now. Uh, I'm going through as the uh, League's Cup bracket challenge as it laid out, which I would recommend doing it. You'll have about a day by the time you listen to this to get your bracket completed. I don't think we mentioned this. The tournament kicks off on Friday. So there you go. That's a thing. Um, let's Le go through. Lionel Messi playing at 8 p.m. Yeah, happy Supposedly. little accidents. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, going through the groups in the list that I have them here for their website, we are going to start with West 1, which includes Portland Timbers, San Jose Earthquakes, and Tigres, UANL. Ah, Chief, I believe you had Tigres. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Los Tigres, which is Spanish for the Tigres. Um, wow. <laughs> they are an eight-time Liga MX champion. They actually, uh, they've won the CONCACAF Champions League once, and most recently were the runner-up in the FIFA Club World Cup 2020, uh, 2020. They are the first Liga MX team to make it to the finals of the Club World Cup, although that's not really saying much considering how new the Club World Cup is in terms of things people actually giving a shit about. Right. Um, they are uh, one of the several teams in Liga MX, and this is a recurring trend in the league, where they originally traced their history back to a university team. Uh, they were the Universidad Autonoma Nuevo Leon. So they originally were a university team that went pro at some point in their history. Um, you see this at a couple other different teams 
in the uh, Liga MX. They're a 3-4-3 primarily. I enjoy the fact also they have a player named Luis Quinones, which if you're a Reds fan of any age, incredible former utility man for the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> um, <laughs> their, uh, their best player and top goal scorer is a former uh, expat of Liga Un. Uh, his last name is Gignac. He's actually played for Marseille for a number of years. He's one of the few names in terms of, you tell me, oh, uh, people that have played in Ligue 1 back in the day. I actually remember this guy playing for Marseille back in the day, watching games, uh, playing against PSG. They're a, uh, like I said, they're primarily 3-4-3 team. They're the reigning champions also of Liga Amekis, winning the uh, Closura, I believe, in the last season that they played. They're one of the biggest teams in Liga MX. They're a titan in terms of fan interest. Um, if you ask most people to name, can you name three teams in Liga MX? He's almost certainly Tigres is going to be one of the ones that they're going to name. They have one of the largest fan bases in the entirety of Mexico. Um, they're, they're big boys and yeah. uh, they're fun. Yeah. Uh, I will point out though, Tigres, something of a modern team. So they certainly trace their roots back, but it's only been in the last 10-ish years or so that they've had some money dumped into them and they've become this giant and actually, you know, truly pushing where they're, they are in this league. So yeah, so they're like the new big boys, the new money, as it were, in Mexico. I believe yeah. uh, Zelarayan came from Tigres before he signed. I think, I think he signed from Tigres to Crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> with with that in mind, their uh, their group mates, the Portland Timbers and the San Jose Earthquakes, boys, how do we see this one shaking out? <laughs> Via con Dios. <laughs> Tigres almost won the goddamn Club World Cup that year. Like they put up a real fight against Bayern Munich in that game. I remember watching that game because it was. During 2020, it was pandemic era sports. That was when I had made a pledge to myself that if sports came back, I would never ignore any televised sporting event that was on while I was at home. Now, this was eventually <laughs> done in by my wife, who was like, you need to stop fucking watching sports all the time. <laughs> but I watched this game. I remember vividly watching this game because I just I love the concept of the Club World Cup. Yes. In my mind, I wish the Club World Cup was bigger than the real World Cup. I think that would be way more fucking fun. Um, I say that mostly as a person living in the United States where we will never win an actual World Cup. <laughs> so this is a really theoretical thing on my part to say, yes, I would give up the real World Cup for the Club World Cup. And it would also solve Kevin's problem of I desperately wish U.S. men's national team fans would find a club that they can <laughs> love as much as the U.S. men's national team. Yes, they are expanding it. They are expanding the Club World Cup. So maybe, maybe, maybe with the investment behind it, it'll grow in stature. I mean, but but um, T. Grace walks this group, right? Yeah, yeah. T. Grace would be one of the betting favorites to win the League's yeah. Cup right now. I don't, I haven't checked the odds lines on any of this, but I would be shocked if T. Grace isn't number one overall in terms of one or two overall. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the question is. Sorry, Kevin, go ahead. I was just going to say the trickiest thing for me, though, is with all of these Mexican teams is every game is on the road. And not that I'm expecting, you know, hostile crowds at San Jose or whatever, but like 
Uh, you might you might ding them a couple of points just because they will be having to do that. But yes, I would agree here. Tigre is number one. I've got Portland number two. Does anybody want to make a strong case for San Jose taking their spot? San Jose has been better than Portland this year, but yeah. Portland is hosting. Yeah. And for me, for me, that puts it over the edge. Yeah. On their weird turf. Yeah. So there we go. Tigres, Portland, San Jose, West one complete. Uh, moving on over to West two, we have Real Salt Lake, Seattle Sounders, and CF Monterey. Who had Monterey? Hey, I, I read Monterey. <laughs> um, Grayson. They're also known as Raya Dos, which means the striped ones. Um, they are. Uh, they are their oldest rival is Tigres. Monterey and Tigres are two of the biggest clubs in all of Mexico. Uh, they play a derby known as the Clásico Regio Montano. Um, they have five league titles, three Mexican Cups, and five CONCACAF Champions Leagues, including three in a row from 2011 to 2013. Um, Monterey is sometimes rated as having the best quality of life in all of Mexico, which I thought was a fun fact. This is a very fun um, fact. They, uh, they have quite a valuable squad. It's 66.7 million euros on transfer market. Um, some of their big players are uh, Luis Romo, a defensive midfielder from Mexico who many of us saw play 74 minutes in the Dos Acero at TQL Stadium. Um, Maximiliano Meza is a right winger with 11 senior caps for Argentina and played in every game for Argentina in the 2018 World Cup. Uh, Jesus Gallardo is a left back with 87 caps for Mexico. Um, Rogelio Funes More is actually an Argentine-born center forward but plays for Mexico in the national team. And uh, his brother is Rodrigo Funes More, who I think played at Everton. Yep. And uh, they both actually spent time in the FC Dallas Academy as teenagers. Did not know that. Yep. Uh, Hector Moreno is a, a legend for Mexico. 35-year-old center back with 132 caps. Played all over the world. Azad, PSV, Roma, Espanol, Real Sociedad. And then um, Jonathan Gonzalez is the last one I'm going to mention. He was infamously a... Uh, uh, U.S. youth national teamer who played with Brandon Vasquez, Christian Pulisic, all of those guys, and then chose Mexico, got a like consolation cap, and then was never uh, <laughs> was never called up again. Um, but it does look like he's starting to work his way into the team for Monterey, uh, based on you know the last last season and change. And then transfer market says they play primarily in a four four two. With uh, two sixes. There you go. Um, also, what, it, one what of makes Monterey most... have the highest quality of life in Mexico? I really want to know the answer to this question. It's a good question. I don't know. I think it, it, it is like a big business center, so probably a lot of just higher incomes, yeah, on average than 
than the rest of the country. And it does look nice. I think there's like mountains in the area. Yeah, their home stadium is one of the most beautiful. You can look up a Monterey soccer stadium and you'll get this classic shot of this gorgeous mountain looming over the stadium with a giant. Oh, shit. I've seen this picture before. Yeah. Wow. It's also one of the World Cup host cities. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that'll be a good one. That's pretty. Yeah. And a very I mean, good it's, team, it's, too. It's no West End, but... <laughs> Truth. <laughs> that stadium probably also holds like 55,000 people. <laughs> yeah, um, big-ass stadium. Yeah. Uh, so with that, as I'm looking at these groups, given how RSL is playing... This is a given fun the, group. Given the history of Seattle, I, Group of Death? Yeah, I, be a lot of fun. That or Central One, I, I can see the argument, which we'll get to in a moment. But um, yeah, for this RSL one, played really, really yeah. well over the last month and a half or so. And it's RSL reloaded. is the home team. Yeah, yeah, they play at altitude there. Uh, they've reloaded. They've they've added a couple of big signings recently. Oh boy, I I'll if somebody else wants to go first, have at it. I've got yeah. RSL. Monterey, Seattle. I'm going to go ahead and say RSL in Seattle. I think this is the first one where the road factor factors in because it's two really good teams from MLS, solid teams top to bottom where you don't have that problem of just gaping holes in the middle of the roster that can be exploited. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say that RSL and Seattle go through on this. And this is the first first pod where a Liga MX team doesn't make it out. Okay, well... For the record, I'm not sure we explained this. We are doing consensus yes. for the groups. We don't We're need people to keep track it. of like individual guesses. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm with I'm with Kevin. I have RSL and Monterey coming out of this group. Um honestly, I think probably I think I would pick Monterey to, to win both of its games. Ooh. And okay. uh RSL to I think uh, R- RSL's definitely RSL's, RSL's yeah, tough. Yeah. I think RSL is really good. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if RSL wins the group. So I, I'll go with I'll just, but I think I'm with Kevin. RSL and Monterey advance out of here. I don't hate that. Uh, so for that case, I'll put RSL, Monterey, Seattle. I'm going to keep track of our picks over here. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I'm giving the group to RSL. So, ha. Um, moving us on. To West 3, and therefore completing the West, we have Vancouver Whitecaps, our first Canadian team, LA Galaxy, and Leon. I also have Leon. Hey! Lay it on me. <laughs> uh, Leon is known as Los Panzas Verdes, which means the Green Bellies, La Fiera, the Wild Beast, Los Esmeraldas, the Emeralds, and Los Verde Blancos, the Green and White. Uh, they were founded in 1944 from a merger of a couple of older teams. They have eight first league titles, and they are the first club to be named Campionissimo by winning the league and the cup in the same year. Hey, the, uh, the duo, the, if you will. They are <laughs> the, the current. C, they are the current CCL champions, um, which is interesting because, as as you guys remember, the seeding was done based on a 2022 aggregate. Yeah, but. Leon just won CCL, <laughs> and they were a middle of the pack seeded team. 
<laughs> um, Not folks, we got power rankings drama early like, on. <laughs> they were like the tenth seed in this tournament. Um, they beat LAFC three to one on aggregate. Um, Leon is known for its number of bike lanes, among other things. Okay, urbanists excite <laughs> themselves here. Yeah, um, get ready, hipsters. We got your team for you right here. Yep. Uh, some of their some of their main players include Victor Davila. He's a center forward with a couple of caps for Chile. Adonis Frias. He's a center back from Argentina. Fidel Ambris is a Mexican defensive midfielder. He's only twenty, uh, but he did play full nineties in both legs of the CCL finals. So he's guy. He's one who probably is on the rise here. And um, the other one I'll mention is Osvaldo Rodriguez, a Mexican left back. He was on the bench for the Dosa Serra at TQL. And it looks like they play primarily in a 3-4-3. Boom. Well, there you go. Um, so we'd expect them to do well on a team with Vancouver and LA Galaxy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to do I think they're going to be okay in this group. That's a that's a wild guess on my part. I guess I guess the question here then is and and chief I'll, I'll throw it to you. Who out of MLS is getting out of this group? Oh god. Vancouver. Where are the games Galaxy. where are the games being played? So Galaxy one? is the seeded MLS team, so Galaxy will host Whitecaps. And so Galaxy hosts both of its games. Yeah. And then the Whitecaps will host Leon. All right. So if they were playing these games in Vancouver, that would be one thing, because I do think that a thing to watch out for in this tournament is turf versus grass. The overwhelming majority of Liga MX teams never play on turf ever. Mm -hmm. um, but with all these games being played in L.A., I think it's real hard to see Vancouver advancing out. So I would say that you're going to get uh, Leon and LA Galaxy would be my two picks here. I would go. I would go with that. Um, I think Leon. Um, I think Leon will probably scratch out a tie in Vancouver, at a minimum, and then um, I think LA beats Vancouver in LA, and then you know pick them. LA Leon. Maybe it's a. Maybe that's also a tie. Um, so I'm good with I'm good with L.A. and Leon getting out. So we're we going to say Galaxy wins the group then with that line of thinking. Two draws from Leon. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I really hate Galaxy this year, but <laughs> I do think th I, <laughs> I do think they'll be up for it. Yeah, and I think part of their problem is motivational. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, will say this, I like, though. I like that, Galaxy that's... top of the group. I will say this, though. That's going to be a hostile stadium for Galaxy. That's a good point. I think, I think Leon wins the group, but that's just me. I'm good with that, but Kevin, you got, you're the tiebreaker. I, because this is League's Cup, baby. Weird things happen in League's Cup. Galaxy <laughs> tops the group, as we all know. Yeah. League's Cup is unpredictable. A League's <laughs> Cup set. A, a cup set indeed maybe the main account will be rooting for that um, so that that clears up the west which means we're off to central and we are on over to central one which is the columbus crew 
the St. Louis City FCs, and Club America, which is haha, my turn to preview a team here. Uh, Club America. Noted anti-American Kevin Wallace. <laughs> this is one of the other teams you probably could have named if you were asked to name a team in Liga MX. Uh, I thought this was funny. Um, I did not have this written down, but uh, right before, like hours before, Gregor Berhalter was sort of... Uh, news sources were out saying he was going to be confirmed as the U.S. men's national team coach again. Uh, there was a late breaking drama that Club America was going to offer Burhalter the uh, manager job there, which I find that very funny that he was up between coaching America or coaching America. So that was pretty good. Or is this just like did that rumor start because of a bad translation somewhere along the way that like the rumor possible. was always that he was going to be the next U.S. men's national team head coach. It just got confused from Club America versus the American National Club. I, I love that. Um, and then there were all these like Mexican outlets being like, ha ha, uh, Club America used him and embarrassed him. And then he was immediately announced as the manager. It's like, well, it didn't really work, did it, boys? Uh, Club America, uh, otherwise known as America. Um, their nicknames, I really liked these. The Eagles, the Millionaires, or this was a good one, the Blue Creams. So figure that one out. Uh, founded in 1916, their home stadium is a little, little homely place called the Estadio Azteca. You might have heard of it. One of only two stadiums to host two World Cup finals. Uh, they have won 13 league titles, six cups, and seven Champions Leagues. And if you're keeping track at home, they are the most with all of those. Most league titles, most cups, most Champions Leagues. Um, their big rival is Chivas. Uh, Chivas. Guadalajara. Uh, both Chivas and Club America have never been relegated. They're one of only two clubs in Mexico that can say that. Uh, and they make up what makes the big four in Mexico, which is Pumas, Cruz Azul, Club America, and Chivas. Um, last season, they finished second. A couple of players you will have heard of, Jonathan Dos Santos and Alejandro uh, Zendejas, who is the famous uh, Mexican-American who switched to the U.S., a pretty poor gold cup by all accounts but people are pretty excited about his uh his future there a couple of former notable players like uh Guillermo Ochoa and Raul Jimenez these guys are the Yankees of Mexico they are huge they swallow up all the young talent in Mexico they are an incredible powerhouse it's takes big balls to be the team that has the Azteca as your home stadium. Mexico City, of course. Uh, I got a couple of fun facts from Mexico City for you. Uh, a lot of people don't know these things. Hit me. Fourth, fourth most populous city in the world at 22 million people. That also makes it the largest Spanish-speaking city on Earth. It is indeed sinking, built on a lake. Thank you, Aztecs. So there you go. It does take a lot of balls to name your club just Club America. Yes, which... Uh, Especially when you're not fact. located in America. Well, they so, are although, in America. Although, although that really... Yes. I, it's a good time Norte to point that America. out. If, yeah, if you've never taken a Spanish class before or never interacted with anyone from Mexico, <laughs> a lot of them get very offended when you yes. refer to yourself as an American because they will tell you with a straight face, well, so the fuck am I... <laughs> 
Yeah, yes. you are. You don't get the Udinense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what makes that even more ironic is they're called uh, America because they merged a couple of other clubs at the same time. And the day they merged them was Columbus Day. And that's why they called it America. I was actually just going to make a joke that like, that, like they, that they had something to do with Columbus, but like America no. Vespucci's nephew or descendant was like, no, this is America. Uh, no, I draw was... the maps here. <laughs> very, very specifically because of that. Uh, they play in yellow and blue. So they're the big ones. This is the other group I was willing to entertain as a sort of group of death just because of how good St. Louis has been doing. Columbus crew is begrudgingly pretty good. Uh, Columbus, I believe, is the host city in this case because yep. St. Louis didn't exist last yep. year to uh, seed them. Uh, Bad luck for Columbus. Yeah. That their unseated team is St. Louis. <laughs> it, it takes, so you, it, hate to, you hate to see it. You just absolutely hate to, hate to see it. When the uh, bracket was originally announced, you got to think, okay, so we got Club America, but at least we get the expansion team. That'll balance it out. Oh. Uh, yeah. I think America tops this team. Does somebody want to make an argument for St. Louis or Columbus? You won't hear on this podcast me down talk, talking down to America. <laughs> we don't do that around here. These colors, these yellow and blue colors don't run. We are a pro-America podcast. I say this is the group that makes America great again. America comes out top of this group. St. Louis, number two. Columbus, enjoy your three and a half weeks off. I say America grande otra vez or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like, I like uh, America top in this group. St. Louis sitting in second and Columbus losing two League's Cup games at home. Would be lovely. Would be lovely. Um, yeah, no, that's good. It also prevents us from having yet another Hell is Real, which would have just been really annoying. Um, so I don't mind seeing them leave the tournament at this stage. Uh, so that is Central 1. Central 2 includes the Chicago Fire, the Minnesota United, and Puebla. Who had and Puebla? I have Puebla. Uh, Puebla is, has the, my favorite nickname of any of the teams that I researched. The Pueblos? Los Camoteros, which means... The Camotes? The Sweet Potatoers. <laughs> <laughs> Not Sweet Potatoes. Nope. Sweet potato errs. Not sweet potato farmers. Sweet yep. potato errs. <laughs> um, what do, a, they, what a, do they do with the sweet potatoes to earn that nickname? We're 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 not gonna we're not gonna ask. <laughs> um, so um, it's like a university town. It's surrounded on four sides by mountains and volcanoes. It is the fourth largest city in Mexico. Um, the best known mole. Mole Poblano Ooh. comes from Puebla. Huh. Um, what about the, the Poblano pepper? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> uh, maybe the Poblano grows around. It didn't come I, up in the League MX research. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't come up. God damn it! I thought you were an expert. Uh, uh, the club was founded in 1904. Uh, like Pachuca, it was founded by Englishmen. Um, they have uh two first division championships and one CONCACAF Champions Cup. Um, they have the smallest squad value of any of the teams that I looked up, I think, um, at 24 million euros. 
And uh, some some top some key players are uh, Facundo Waller was their biggest offseason acquisition. They got him from Atletico de San Luis. He's Uruguayan. Uh, Gustavo Ferrares is a Brazilian right midfielder. Uh, he bounced around Brazil, Brazil a few teams before he settled in at Puebla. Um, Gaston Silva is a center back. He has 19 caps for Uruguay. And he's played, he, he was on the bench at the 2018 World Cup, and he's played in Uruguay, Italy, Spain, and Argentina. Um, Brian Angulo is a left back who has experience in Portugal and Spain. Um, and uh, the last one I'll, I'll include is uh, Fernando Arce, is a U.S.-Mexico dual national. He's a defensive midfielder, and he was a multi-million dollar transfer in uh, the offseason. But he does not have any caps that I saw for either U.S. or Mexico at the senior level. Uh, mm-hmm. And then per transfer market, they play primarily in a four-four-two. Boom. There we go. Um, <clears throat> so with that, how did they do last year? I missed that. If you didn't say it, uh, I did not say it. You're fine. Um, it was not were, a part of the requirements. Here. So for, so for the 20, research we're doing here, okay. For 2022, <laughs> they were the they were the seventh seed. Okay. Um, they were they were middle of the table in the Clausura, and okay. they were slightly slightly above middle of the ta- table in the Apertura. Gotcha. And this season they are. Second to last, zero wins, one draw, and two ties. Nope, reverse it. One draw, two losses. Not great. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> fairly weak group, I think we can say here. I think this is by far the weakest group that we've. What's the? What would you discussed. call the opposite of the, the? If it's a group of death, is the? Oh my God! What is the weak group called? I've never heard a nickname for that. I believe it's the group of life. No, well, that's lame. It's not as fun a nickname, right? No, I was going to say the, the group of jacks. <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> I, just, I wouldn't know what a podcast about that would be. It's just like, so it's the nine o'clock hour. <laughs> okay. It's just really quiet. You just hear occasionally people grunting. It's the weirdest Zoom call you've ever been on. The group of Uh, hugs. (laughs) Uh, So, Chicago and Minnesota. I mean, is this this a group where we see the the Mexican team not make it out of it? This feels like a a travel could, could clip these guys. Chicago's not good, though. It's not good. But do they draw in Chicago? Maybe they get a, a crowd in Chicago. I would. Here's the thing, right? Like, this is a team that I would love to pick two MLS teams over. Yeah. And I do think Minnesota tops this group. Minnesota's been up and down, but like they recently got Reynoso back and they just signed Timu Puki, who seems like he's going to be pretty good Yeah. in MLS. So they seem to have steadied the ship there. So I'd go Minnesota top of the group. And gosh, the only reason that I'm not picking Pueblo over Chicago is the travel. But I got to I don't know if there's going to be a lot of Pueblo fans like. In Chicago, I kind of assume that it may have like kind of a home atmosphere for them just because Chicago doesn't draw very well and they play in a big stadium. 
Yeah, it's not one of the sort of traditionally large Mexican teams, but, you know, if they draw 10,000 fans, that'll be more than Chicago's been doing. Chief, what say ye? This is tough. Chicago, I just, I, yeah. I never want to put my money I don't know. I don't want to put my money on them at all. So oh. Minnesota and I don't know. Chicago. Yeah, let's go wild. This is a the the magic of the League's Cup. We got two MLS teams going through. Why the fuck wow. not? I do wow. I do want there to be a group, at least one group that we pick that um the Mexico team does not advance and uh, I don't know, man. Like yeah. There's we'll we'll get there. There's maybe one other group that that jumps out to me. So yeah. why don't we go Minnesota Chicago here? Unless you wild. No, I'm in. Yeah. I'm I am a hundred percent into this right now. I like it. I like it. Well, that moves us on to Central Three, and we did not discuss this ahead of time. Do we want to save Central Three for the end, or do we want to just bleed why, it in right now? Why don't we save Central Three yeah, let's, let's, to the we'll end? Come, we'll come back to it in segment And we can three. also discuss the the team when we do it in segment three. Yeah, that'll work. Uh that's Chivas and that's me. So look forward to that. We'll we'll push that one to the back because FC Cincinnati. Which moves us over to Central Four. That is Nashville, Toluca, and Colorado Rapids. Knowing nothing about anything else, I'm going to say Nashville is the host city here on this one. Yep. Toluca, who had them? I had Toluca. And would it shock you to know that having won 10 titles, Toluca, the third winningest team in Liga MX history? Wow. Would not have expected it. They have also never been relegated since joining the first division. They are one of the only teams, along with Club America and I believe the Tigres, that have never been relegated from Liga MX. Oh, Their uh, big offseason signing was Mauricio Isas, who is a native of Brownwood, Texas, a dual citizen, Mexico and the United States. Uh, they play a 3-4-3. And a fun fact about Toluca that I looked up, it is famous. Uh, this is very near and dear to our hearts here in Cincinnati. Famous for production of cured meats and is the historic home and the inventor of the chorizo. So if you've ever enjoyed a chorizo sausage before, it is native to Toluca. And in fact, the chorizo sausage is so associated with the region that chorizo is a nickname for anyone in or from Toluca. So you will call someone if you have a friend that is from Toluca, they are in fact, you would call them a chorizo as their nickname. I love that. <laughs> the chorizos. The chorizos. Um, they seem like a fun team. I don't know. I've never seen them play before, but, you know, they look it up and down their roster. Uh, they don't spend a lot, but they also, you know, the market values are pretty consistent across the board. I would never have bet that they have as much success as they've had in the course of their uh, their club history here. So... Yeah, last year know. they were fourth in the Closura and sixth in the Apertura. So they, you know, one of the better teams last season. There we go. There you go. Um, so how do we see this group shaking out? I mean, Colorado's dog shit. Yeah, Colorado's yeah. absolutely terrible. So they finished last. I think we can all agree. Yeah. 
Does Toluca have what it takes <clears throat> to knock Nashville off of their pedestal, or does hosting in Nashville give them some sort of advantage? Nashville could not beat us when we didn't <laughs> have Wobodo in Nashville in a game that their fans thought was a rivalry game. So <laughs> I don't think Nashville's crowd is going to be all that intimidating to Toluca. I would agree with that. Uh, Chief, any qualms with having this group finish Toluca, Nashville, Colorado? No, because Colorado is so absolutely fucking awful. They might not, they might not <laughs> score a point in this entire thing. They do like, want just to concede, just just forfeit like, the whole thing. Right. If if they offered the shitty little participation trophy that they give at fourth grade basketball games, that would be what Colorado is playing for in this tournament. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Toluca, Nashville, Colorado. That's easy enough for our predictions for this group. Uh, and that wraps up the central, except for the one that we kicked off to the side, which means we're heading down to the south and we are going to one of but just two groups, I want to say. <clears throat> I don't know what happened to my voice there. Uh, one of just two groups with two Liga MX teams, and wouldn't you know it, I had both of them. <laughs> All right. This is bad planning. <laughs> so you get a lot of me with this one. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start with uh, FC Juarez. Uh, the other group in here is uh, Mazatlan, Mazatlan, and... Uh, Austin FC, um, FC Juarez, Mazatlan, Mazatlan, Mazatlan. Yeah, that's, how, that's how I wrote it. And then I f confused myself by putting a T and an L in the wrong spot. Anyway, um, <clears throat> let's Mark start Master with Juarez. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so Juarez, uh, founded, I have no idea what's going on with my voice, uh, founded in 2015, actually founded and owned by the same ownership group that owns uh, the El Paso locomotive in El Paso. Uh, yeah. If you're not familiar with the geography, uh, Juarez and El Paso are virtually twin cities, same cities, just divided by little international border, the Rio Grande River. You would know that if you've seen Sicario. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, there's or, there's very little doubt as to which side of the river you're on in most cases. If you, you find yourself on the yeah. Juarez side, you've <laughs> made some very interesting choices with your day. If you have any experience in the automotive industry, you may also be familiar with the geography there. <laughs> yes. So uh, Juarez, uh, a city with a, uh, let's say, a tough reputation, um, at one point was probably the murder, murder capital of the world. Um, back in the uh, early 2010s in particular. Um, huge city, though, and there is quite a bit of cultural exchange and human exchange between uh, El Paso and Juarez. It's very common for folks to live in Juarez, but work in El Paso or vice versa. Um, Juarez has had a number of teams in the past. They don't tend to stick around for very long. They have a long history of having teams fold and then come back. This particular iteration seems to be pretty stable. Again, like I said, founded in 2015. Their nickname, The Braves, on this one. Um, I will say this. Uh, there is a book that if you... If the entire concept of the League's Cup is at all interesting to you, or if you 
likes supporters groups and supporter culture. I cannot recommend this book enough. It is called This Love is Not for Cowards. It is the story of a journalist who went to go live in Juarez to cover the murders and actually embeds himself with the supporters group for the soccer team there. And he sort of views the city and its culture through their experience. The team is awful. It, it is folded like a year after the book is published. Um, but the stories of them taking buses to away days and stuff is very, very fascinating. And it's just punctuated by all of them having somebody murdered every other week uh, that they know. Uh, crazy, crazy situation. Um, I've got one player for you to watch here. Uh, Augustin Urizi. U-R-Z-I, Urzi. Uh, he's a left winger. Very, very good. Um, he's also their most valuable player there. So that is the team to watch there. They're not very good. They did not, they did not do very well last year. Um, well, they've had a decent start to the season. Sorry to oh, yeah, please. How there, are they Kevin, doing now? I was just curious. They are they have two wins and a tie. Ooh. And their wins are over Tigre. No, sorry, Club America and Toluca. Whoa. And they tied Tigres. I did not look at because yes, as of the time of us. But recording, yeah, they were very bad the last last yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, but Mexico I think has played three games of their season. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then uh, now they're pausing for this so they can claim it's a midseason tournament. <laughs> it just snuck that right on in there. Um, the other team. Uh, uh, how did I say it wrong? Mazatlan. Mazatlan, yeah. So oh, this by the is, way, Juarez, I think, just let go Alan Senora. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, U.S. national or dual national. He played, play he played in the Gold Cup. Okay, that's uh, it. He was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so our other one, uh, Mazatlan, uh, their nickname is the Gunners. Uh, they're fun. They play in purple and black. You don't see that too often. Uh, here's the fun thing about them, and Chief alluded to this before about relegation, but not really relegation. This is one of those teams. So they were founded in 2020 as a sort of League MX expansion team. But to do that, they purchased uh, Monarcas uh, Morelia, which was a historic club in Mexico, founded in 1950. They bought the club, moved the club, rebranded the club. The uh, uh, Monarchas had to restart uh, themselves. Mazatlan has never won anything. They finished in 18th last place. There's not a whole lot going on here. They're not very good. They are almost literally making up numbers for the Mexican first division here. I do have one player for you to watch. That is Nicholas. Uh, uh, Benedetti. So I believe oh, he's really a, he's there. A Colombian attacking oh. midfielder. So yeah. Mm. Okay. So <clears throat> there's one guy to look for in this one. Otherwise, you got two fairly weak Liga MX sides, along with Austin, who has had a real up and down start to the season. How do we see South One going? This feels like this actually feels like the weakest group to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, that we've that we've talked about. Um, yeah, I I really don't like Mazatlan to advance. I have no confidence in Austin, so I would go Juarez, Austin, Mazatlan. Okay, I mean the, Juarez is off to a hot start, which I was not factoring in here. 
My my general takeaway from this would be that if you have two bad teams matching against one another and one is a bad Liga MX team and the other is a bad MLS team, I'm going to give the tie to the bad Liga MX team. So I would say Juarez and Mazatlan go through here. I base that on nothing other than the fact that Austin has been horribly inconsistent this year. And this they are is also- fifth in the West. The other part of this that's going to be interesting, and it's what makes this a little hard to predict, is this is one where the variation on how serious each U.S.-based club takes this and how serious each Liga MX team takes this can really factor in. Because if Austin punts at all on this, they're going to get smoked, like absolutely smoked. I agree with that, yeah. But does Austin view this... As like their way to salvage what should have been a really good season. It hasn't been for them. Like on paper, well, the other part Austin of this should have been one or two this year in the West. The other part of this, too, is that is there additional pressure on teams that are based in the Southwest to try and show out for these games because they are really putting on a show for mm-hmm. people that are Liga MX fans. I don't know. I don't know how the calculus changes when you're like an Austin or an FC Dallas versus like a Columbus or a Minnesota, for example. So I I feel confident that Austin is going to have true home games. Certainly way more. I feel way more confident about that than Dallas, Houston, Galaxy. Right. Where the season ticket owner, the season ticket base in Austin is so high. That you're not going to have those reams of tickets available on the open market where, like in Houston, the majority of the stadium is up for sale on any given day, and that can be all Liga MX fans. I think Colorado is going to have what feels like an away game. Yeah. Not that that. this is what we're talking about, but like I think a lot, I think think there's going to be some fun, I don't want to say surprising, but let's say, let's just say, let's say there's going to be like some fun surprises. Yeah, with the, with the crowds in some of these stadiums, which I does it, to me add a level of intrigue and interest to watching these games. Yeah, I will say, Mazatlan not not clear that they have a large fan base in their home city, which is like a resort beach town. Yeah, but like I said, I think I think Austin's going to have yeah have home games now. Juarez may be. I'm not doing the math on. Leon to Galaxy, but I'd be willing to bet Juarez to Austin is the closest we will have to a Liga MX team playing from its home stadium. Are Juarez and Mazatlan going to, where are they going to play? I assume Austin. I guess. Maybe they That'll play in El Paso. That'll be wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good That'll question. That'll be must-see TV. Two Liga MX teams playing in an MLS facility. Yeah. The other one is a uh, Tijuana. Oh, it's going to be in Austin. It's yeah. going to be at Austin. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, at Q2 Stadium. Okay. So they can just hang out there. Yeah, so it'll be a home game for Juarez, probably. So with that, I completely agree. Juarez, Austin, Mazatlan, unless somebody... No, I'm, I don't have I'm strong with, feelings one way I'm or the other. i that. Your, cool. your objections noted. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. For the record. Um, yeah, put it in the descent. Uh, South 2, Houston Dynamo, Orlando City, and Santos Laguna. 
I had them. I thought I yes, <laughs> completely forgot about it for a second there. Yeah. So yes. folks, we did not so the way we divided up the teams so people would know, is we didn't do it by group. Yes. We did the seedings and we just counted off, you know, uh, you know, Grace and Kevin Chief, Grace yeah. and Kevin Chief, like that. Because my thinking was nobody would have like all of the good teams or all of the bad teams, which is why we've been a little unbalanced with you know people talking multiple times jokes, in a row. you don't you don't need to justify this yeah, it jokes works. on you i got the best team in this entire pod but continue <laughs> all right <laughs> santos laguna otherwise known as santos which is spanish for saints but their nicknames are the warriors the lakers and the green and whites so not the saints um founded in 1983 i love this this is very <laughs> Mexico or very sports outside of the United States. 1983, it was founded by the Mexican Social Security Institute of the State of Durango. So, oh, I love Social, that. Yeah. Social Security Institute apparently had spent a lot of money sponsoring team or tournaments, and somebody invited them to participate in one, and they realized they didn't have a team, so they convinced a bunch of players from another team to start a team on their behalf and that team became santos so imagine um, like the bmv just like starting <laughs> a professional baseball team right the, the b the bmv incredible incredible at delaying when they're up when they're up goals late in games the they're great at time thing, wasting the closest thing i can think of is the postal service sponsored lance armstrong's yes. racing team that's yes. as close as we can get oh, the, yeah think. the postal service is is a kind of yeah <laughs> interesting organization but just like you know, public like it's like quasi public it's whatever audit the postal service is what i'm hearing six Continue, titles <laughs> they've won six titles they've won one cup their rivals are monterey because they share a state and uh therefore they have a smaller one also with tigres but they do seem relatively on an island since tigres and monterey seem more concerned with each other uh last season or i will say the last completed season they finished 13th but did make the quarterfinals of the playoffs i thought this was interesting they only have according to transfer markets uh roster for them they only have one player over the age of 30 that's pretty impressive yeah, hmm. yeah. um <clears throat> And a uh, player of note, Emerson Rodriguez, on loan from Inter Miami. I don't think he was a casualty of uh, of Lionel Messi coming. I think this was done ahead of time, but he's out there. Uh, Feliz Torres is their young, uh, I'll say, prospect of a center back, 26 years old, uh, real up-and-comer uh, for them. So that is Santos Laguna. They go up against Houston Dynamo and Orlando City. Is Orlando then the host team? I believe Houston yep. won the wooden spoon last Orlando year. Orlando is the host team. Yeah. I wouldn't expect Houston to have a home game in this. They were Orlando... against Santos. Well, no, I mean a home crowd. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Not a chance. Sorry. Fair, um, fair, fair. Orlando, fair. Eh, a little more mix. Um, I did. I, I'm dumb. I gave Houston this group just because I think that they're doing very well playing at home and doing well this season, but I could see any combination here panning out. Yeah, this is a tough group for me because I actually like, 
I know they're not doing as well as Orlando in MLS, but I like Houston mm-hmm. as a team. Yeah. Like, I th- they got a really strong midfield. They got some good players. They, I think, will probably get Karaskia back unless he is being transferred. Mm. Um, and he's real, real nice player. Um, in case folks haven't made the connection, he was Panama's star in the Gold Cup. Um, but he plays for plays for Houston. Gotcha. But with them not having a home game, probably not having a favorable <laughs> crowd against Santos. That's a tough, uh, tough scene. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Orlando's pretty good, but not, again, a disappointing year, kind of like Austin. They were expected to be much better than they are this year. I, I'll go on a limb and I'll say Orlando-Houston. Whoa, bumping Santos. I'm going to bump, I'm gonna bump Santos here. Yeah, it's funny because Orlando and Houston are both very, very solid mm-hmm. MLS sides where there's just no, they're not, neither team is flashy, but they're top to bottom good and they grind results, which is, I think, kind of what you look for in a tournament like this. Um, I could see a couple of these games going to PKs, honestly, in this group. Yeah. I don't know. I don't disagree with Grayson. Orlando, Houston, I think Santos. Or- yeah, I think I like that. I think or- I like Orlando winning the group. That eliminates our third Mexican team. That's a fun one. So let's yeah, head on me, over. It's, it's Orlando oh, being the home team both yeah. games. I yeah. Mean, like, as everybody knows, MLS has such an extreme home field advantage for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, hottest group. This would be a brutal, a brutal group. Heat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hottest uh, group for another reason. Probably this next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is the Hollywood group right here. South three. That is Cruz Azul, Inter Miami, Atlanta United. Please tell me I was not supposed to preview Cruz Azul because my voice is done. <laughs> no, I've got Cruz. Right, before you before you go, I want to say like. After looking, I've not like looked at these groups very closely. Yeah. After, I think looking at this group, I've kind of been talked into this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really, really fun group. This group yeah. is a banger. This group rules. <laughs> All right. So I got Cruz Azul, and I Sell walked into this them. whole situation not knowing anything. I not knowing a lot about Liga MX. This should be your favorite club specifically, Kevin. I, it's dude, not, I, I'm not even kidding you. I, Cruz Azul has been sort of my Mexican team for years okay. now. So, yes. So, <laughs> why this should be your favorite club, I mean, dear it, podcast listener. It means I think listener. Blue Cross, I think. <laughs> You're very good at this. <laughs> yeah. Their nickname is La Machina, the machine. Mm. Um, also, Los Cementeros, the cement makers. And that's important for this reason. (laughs) Cruz Azul was founded as an amateur team that was part of a cement company, Cement Cruz Azul in the early 1900s. During the Great Depression, Cement Cruz Azul went bankrupt and in 1932 was set to be acquired by a rival company, Cemex, which actually owns and is part owners of the Tigres, as it turns out. The workers, 192 workers, unionized at Cruz Azul and sued uh, to stop the acquisition. And as part of the lawsuit, the government exercised eminent domain and seized control 
of Cement Cruz Azul and then awarded it to the workers. Let's on go. The, Let's on go. the condition <laughs> that the 192 workers pay 1.3 million pesos to the government over the course of 10 years to acquire the What's company. That, like 20 bucks? <laughs> yeah, not a lot. A shockingly low amount of money. Which they successfully did by 1941, making it a cooperative that was workers owned. Incredible. Uh, this corporation or this company now. So. They had a team that was an amateur team that played as part of this. The amateur team continues through this entire process, and they go professional in the 1950s. Um, they are still owned by this cooperative. They have been the only shirt sponsor for the entirety of the club's history. They also play in Azteca. Yep. And if you need any more reason to love this team, they are the only team in Liga MX and indeed, one of the only teams in the entirety of soccer uh, in North America to have their own cheerleaders group, cheerleading group, the Las Celestes. And <laughs> stop what you're doing right now and go follow them on Instagram. You'll thank me later. <laughs> don't if you're I, I, I haven't followed them. I don't know, but I'm going to jump out of a limb here and say if you're if your significant other shares your Instagram account, <laughs> maybe don't definitely do. do. Definitely do in that case. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> they are a rival of Club America. Um, they are one of the blue bloods of Mexican soccer. They were also once subject to a blood curse that lasted from 1997 to 2021 that involved the player being kicked in the face and bleeding all over the field. And then the team went on to not win anything of note for 24 years going onward on that. So, yeah. Cruz Azul to... rules. This club is awesome. This entire oh, project, this entire project of us picking teams and getting assigned teams <laughs> was worth it for me to find out about fucking Cruz Azul. These I was people... learning, learning this <laughs> has made this entire League's Cup endeavor worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the best like parallel is uh, Spurs and that like they're always included in like the big four, the biggest teams. They have some of the biggest fan bases, but like their trophy cases, not very large. And they no, always come like second or their third in a thing. Yeah, they're yeah, just always Spurs right aren't, there. aren't a cooperative. They're owned by some oligarch yes. in like the yes. Cayman Islands or whatever. I sport wise it's sort of the uh the, the idea there yeah they no, have just made a guys. big addition of a uh brazilian player um moises a left winger that was a like nearly five million dollar transfer for them they spent a lot of money this offseason apparently doing a little bit of reading because i read up way too much on Cruz azul after learning all this <laughs> um i may buy a jersey at some point uh there is a lot of turmoil in the front office so they're a team that's kind of like Management is at odds with ownership, which is incredibly on brand for a team that's being owned by basically a socialist collective. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love this oh. team. This should be your favorite team. Go follow their cheerleaders. Trust me, this group is going to be badass. I can't wait for this group in particular. Yeah. So this this team goes up against the juggernaut that is Atlanta United and some guy named Lionel Messi and all of his best friends. So. And this is the first, well, one of the two first games of the tournament, Cruz Azul in Miami, Friday, July 21st, 8 p.m. on MLS Season Pass. You could <laughs> not, not sponsor. You could not ask for a better opener for, for this tournament. Just incredible. And, and if you are like me and you are sick of everything 
Leo Messi. (laughs) You have been given a chance to root for just an incredible fucking story of a team. This is go forth. Go forth. Viva la máquina. Viva la máquina. I'm in. So this makes predicting this group nearly impossible. If you're anything like me, and I assume Chief as well, you you know they're going to rig this to get Miami through. But that means it comes at the expense of a much better Atlanta United or Mexican juggernaut Cruz Azul. I think Atlanta's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I think Atlanta's a mess. I have them out. I have Cruz Azul, Inter-Miami, Atlanta. Any disagreements with that order? Hmm. Is Messi really going to play in this tournament? He is. Yeah. He's training. The guys are there. I just don't think he's going to be in a position. Like, he'll eventually work himself into form with this team, but this tournament is just going to be Leo Messi getting used to this. So I don't think that the messy factor will be what you expect it to be later on in the season. So I agree with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Cruz Azul, Inter-Miami, Atlanta United just missing out. That takes us over to South 4, where we have FC Dallas, Charlotte FC, and Nicoxa. Which is how you pronounce this. I feel pretty confident. In I, think, I, I, I think so. I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. <laughs> N-E-C-A-X-A. Nicoxa is how I am choosing to pronounce this. You may have remembered this team if you were strictly an FC Cincinnati fan. We were long rumored to be signing Matty Fernandez before the 2019 uh, season uh, from Nicoxa, and he did not come through. Apparently, uh, Alan Codge said, if you sign him, I will never play him. In retrospect, (laughs) not a bad move. He had a pretty terrible career after that. Um, He did okay in Chile for about a season. Uh, They are nicknamed the Lightning or the Electricians or the Eleven Brothers, which I really like about them. Eleven Brides for Eleven Brothers. (laughs) BroadwayWorld.com. Always, always find a place for Broadway World. They've won three league titles. They've won four cups. They've won a Champions League back in 1999. This did confuse me, though, because earlier I had said Club America won uh, six domestic cups, and that's the most. And then I go to uh, Nicox's Wikipedia page. They claim eight cups. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. What is happening? Is this like college football? A little bit. So there is a amateur era and a professional era. Professional era starts in 1945. Nicoxa was counting their amateur era titles. Nobody else was. So I did enjoy that. Their rivals are uh, Atalante uh, in Mexico. They're in the second division, not in uh, Liga MX, but that is notable because it is the oldest rivalry in Mexico. So that's fun. Um, They finished 17th last season. They did not make the playoffs. I'm not sure how they've done in their first three games. I have as players to watch, nobody. This is not a very good team at all. (laughs) They they just got a new goalkeeper from, and I only noted this because I really liked this name, from Defense and Justice, a club in Argentina. Defensa y Justicia. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Defense and Justice sounds like a really shitty legal procedural that would have aired on NBC back in the 90s. It does sound like a show my dad watches. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday nights, NBC, Defense and Justice. So you can check how uh, Unsane is doing from <laughs> Defense and Justice. Otherwise, this is a really bad team, and I would not expect them to do well in this tournament. Yeah, for me, this is a chief... Uh, between a bad Mexican team and a bad MLS team, right? I mean, for me, yeah. Dallas is through. Yeah. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte on the weird turf. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte has been signing people, 35-year-old Belgians or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Is that enough? The, t- the turf Might is the tiebreaker be. here. The turf yeah. is the tiebreaker, I think. So we're going, we go Dallas-Charlotte? Dallas-Charlotte. All right, Dallas I'm good with that. Nikoxa jumps down. <clears throat> and that moves us over to East 1. We finally made it to our last region. That is the Philadelphia Union, Tijuana, and whoever previewed this group, please help me with the pronunciation. So I, I, I did not preview this team. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I apologize for like my gringo accent here. Please. But for our tongues, I think the closest we're going to get is Coretero. Coretero. Okay. That was me. Coretero. <laughs> this is another team that's not very good. But the reason why you should know Coretero is that um, this team has a little bit of a checkered recent history that we need to do a little bit of a history lesson on. Jonathan um, Bornstein played there. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to take you back, gentlemen, to the night of March 5th, 2022. There was a match between Coretero. Is that how we're pronouncing it now? Yes. Yeah, I'll go with and that. Atlas, okay. where a riot broke out among the fans at Coretro's stadium. Uh, it went super viral on social media. You may remember watching this if you have any kind of a Twitter or Facebook account. The videos on social media showed people being beaten, kicked, dragged, and stripped. Uh, 22 men were injured. League play for the following day was suspended. And five officials from the police and civil defense were suspended as well including private officials who were hired by the club uh, that basically joined in the riot. So on March 8th, Liga MX banned all fans from attending Coretro's matches for over a year, <laughs> banned its supporters group for three years, and required that Coretro's be sold as a result of the sanctions imposed as a result of the riot and their inability to control quite literally anything going on right now. Uh, it's currently owned by a group called Grupo Caliente, which is basically just a giant bookmaking group that owns over 200 OTBs and betting institutions in Central and South America. They are going to have to sell the club at some point because they also own a large stake in Club Tijuana. Uh, their nickname is The Roosters, and this is another one of those classic um, Liga MX teams that has been about like 10 different clubs. That yeah. keeps being clubs keep bought, being bought and relocated to this um, this area and to replace this um, this club that is just sounds like a just a dumpster fire of a club. They uh, they have finally it turns out as of just a couple of weeks ago they are allowing fans back into the stadiums <laughs> <laughs> for this club. So um, if the if this team actually uh, does have fans that travel. I would just advise anyone going to see games in this group, maybe, you know, 
just the, the typical things we tell people when they're they're in big cities, you know, be vigilant about your surroundings. You know, make sure the metal detectors are working. If the metal detectors aren't working, maybe choose a different activity for the evening. Tape, <laughs> tape phone books underneath your, your shirts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, Transfer Market tells me they play a 4-4-2. They are, I believe, when they seeded all these teams in the uh, for this tournament, they were the last seed. They were the unseeded team, number 18. Um, so... Yeah, they just sound like a, a bucket of fucking chuckles. And um, <laughs> don't uh, don't sign me up for the uh, the trip to a Coretro away day. I'm going to say that for it. Hey, I, a couple of weeks ago, I got flack for saying if you didn't want the League's Cup, you could you could do something about that. You could take that into your own hands. These these fans listen. They to that will. Advice. They will. They will absolutely take this shit into their own hands. Um, so, they were one of the original teams when in Mexican soccer history, when they created a Mexican second division that was like sort of the uh, progenitor to pro rel in Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, Carretero was one of the first teams that joined that. And then eventually worked their way up to, uh, by uh, acquiring other teams that were being promoted and selling teams that were being relegated <laughs> into the Mexican first division. Um, Incredible. Um, so, yeah. I actually know another fun fact about Carretero. So John, former U.S. men's national team player Jonathan Bornstein played for them, and he actually owns a uh, auto mechanic shop down there. Because his apparently he's got a Mexican wife, and I guess her dad is a is a mechanic. Well, um, there you go. <laughs> so that's that's a, just a fun fact. So I have the other Mexican team in this group. If we're ready to move on, we are Tijuana, which is Club Tijuana. Uh, they're known as Los Cholos, named after the founders Joluis Quintle, which is a Mexican hairless dog. The dog was named Hermoso, which means a. Uh, Handsome, beautiful, pretty. <laughs> Do they have any um, relation to the song Lean Like a Cholo that was released back when I was in grad so school? So that's not, that's a different cholo word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were founded in actually January 2007. Um, some businessmen moved the Guerrero State Tabasco team to Tijuana. Um, they have one Liga MX title. They won the 2012 Apertura, and uh, some some in, some players on that team include Edgar Castillo and Greg Garza. Yeah. Oh. Um, this is also Brandon Vasquez's parent club. Yep. He came up in the Tijuana Academy. Um, he joined after they had won that title, and that's the only one that they've won. Um, their manager is Miguel Herrera, who used to be manager of the Mexican national team. Um, their squad value is 30.8 million euros on transfer market. Uh, some players of note, uh, Carlos Gonzalez is a Paraguayan center forward. He's a new signing. He's got three goals in three games to start the season. So he's pretty hot right now. Um, Lucas, Lucas Rodriguez is a 26-year-old Argentine attacking midfielder. He actually played with DC United in 2019. Hmm. Um, he play he has played 42 matches with Lucho Acosta, um, between Estudiantes where he came up and DC wow. United. Um, <laughs> he played, he played a full 90 minutes at remember the nine. 
<laughs> and he had two goals and an assist in a 4-1 win over FC Cincinnati in Nippert Stadium. Bastard. <laughs> yep. And then the other player I'll mention is Lucas Cavallini. He's a Canadian center forward. He was a former de- designated player for Vancouver. Um, and he's kind of a can- Canadian national team. He's one of their better players. The Tank, I believe is his nickname. Yeah. Um, per transfer market, they primarily play in a 4 But they have, over the last... I, I, I had to go... I had to look like through last season. Because it looks like they do change up their formations a bit. Uh, so gotcha. they have some tactical flexibility. And that's all I got for them. Perfect. So based on your previews, this feels fairly obvious. Union Tijuana making yeah, it through. I would yeah, say that. That's what I got. That's pretty easy. Perfect. Well, there we go. That's the East number one settled. Number two, we are off to uh, another group. I was going to give it a descriptor, and then I couldn't think of a good one. Uh, East Pumas. Two. <laughs> East two. <laughs> the second East group. Pumas, Montreal, D.C. United. Who had Pumas? I have Pumas. It's actually a Club Universidad Nacional is the uh, official name of the club, Excuse U-N-A-M. Me. Their nickname is the Pumas. They play in Mexico City. They are actually owned by the National Autonomous University of Mexico, which is the premier research institution in Mexico. Founded in 1551, they, uh, their campus hosted the 1968 Summer Olympic Games and is considered a UNESCO World Heritage Site. They have less than a 10% acceptance rate for undergraduates. And that's saying something because they have 216,000 undergraduates that attend this university. So, okay. so it's basically like the Ohio State of Mexico. <laughs> many well, people are saying. Many people. Many saying. people. <laughs> uh, their colors for this club and the colors for the university, because it was originally founded as an amateur club for college students that eventually turned into a professional club, are blue and gold as an homage to Notre Dame, actually. Wow. The university uh, traces its roots back to 1551, and faculty members include a uh, prize-winning physicist, Miguel Alcubierre, who you may know as the inventor of warp drive, if they can ever actually make it work. <laughs> I thought that was uh, Zephram Cochran. Yeah, it depends on which hit, which timeline we're in. <laughs> uh, the club went professional in the 1950s, finally, after being an amateur team. They have won seven league titles and three CONCACAF Champions League or Champions Club uh, titles. Mm-hmm. Primarily play a 4 2 3 1. Uh, two big transfers coming in Nathan Silva, who's a Brazilian, and Gabriel Fernandez, who's been kicking around La Liga forever. Um, they're a pretty good club. Pumas is another one of those teams where they're not quite on the level of Club America, uh, Cruz Azul. Um, but like they're another team where like a lot of people, I think you would say, oh, I've heard of the Pumas before. Um, yeah. But yeah, they are owned, still owned by the university. So this would be so- this would be like the Ohio State owning the Columbus crew, which I would argue would probably have made the Columbus crew way more fucking successful if they had just been associated with the Ohio State University from day one. So 
Chief, I'm so glad you had Pumas because I have this question for you. I've floated this to my college sports friends, and none of them seem to understand what I am saying because none of them have understood the Pumas relationship. Is this not the future of college football? A professional team owned and operated by the university. That seems to solve all of the problems. <laughs> I think what this is, is, you know, we just, you know, speaking of different timelines. Yes. This is an interesting look at an alternate reality where instead of the NFL existing, Notre Dame just has a professional team that they pay. And like the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are a professional football team. The yes. Ohio State Buckeyes are the professional football team for Columbus. That see, this is the road yeah. not taken is what this one is for sports in America, I would say. But I, I truly think, and this is probably stupid of me, but I truly think if college football said we're fully professional, teams can sign contracts and a player does not need to be an enrolled student, they can just do this. I think the NFL dies in five to ten years because you go, OK, why does our star player who is very good in college need to go to the NFL and fail? Like, why? Why can't Tim Tebow sign an eight year deal with the University of Florida and everybody who would have been a Jacksonville Jaguar fan? is a Florida Gators fan. And now all of a sudden the NFL's talent pipelines cut off and these fan bases and these boosters can raise war chests of billions of dollars for salaries. And all of a sudden you can recruit for talent. You can steal guys back from the NFL. That's a very easy deal. The NFL's talent pipeline gets shut off. What do they have? This sounds Nothing. like a fun off season episode is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> and actually the, the timely part of this is that I don't think that ever happens in football because the NFL is a juggernaut. Where you're going to see this and watch this space is, I think, sometime this weekend, the basketball tournament, which you may, may remember as the originator of the soccer tournament. Yes. Um, the basketball tournament kicks off, I think, this weekend. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with it, it's all of the players that were your favorite players in college that didn't make it into the NBA. They all come back and make like alumni teams that then compete for this $1 million prize. So Xavier has team zip them up and they've got like Trayvon Blewett, JP McCura, D Davis, a bunch of like the, I think Samaj Christians on the team this year, Mark Lyons. Cincinnati has Nasty Natty that's playing. And fun fact, if both of them win their first round matchup, there will be an alumni crosstown shootout, <laughs> which will be electric. But so I, could, I could absolutely see a future where Xavier just owns zip them up and then once you graduate your graduated players get drafted to that mm. team and then they run that team in the basketball tournament and then there's a long enough timeline where that becomes its own almost summer league to complement complement the nba i think that i think that is not out of the realm of possibility at some point in the future interesting interesting well, that was too much of a diversion, but I appreciate you all indulging me because I, I love that topic. Pumas, Montreal, DC United. That's how I have this group going. Does anybody want to argue for DC over Montreal? No. I think Pumas topping this group makes a lot of sense. Lot Montreal's of the host. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Perfect. I'm not going to belabor it then. <laughs> We're on to East 3. <laughs> Atlas, New York City FC, Toronto. The uh, the ones on the receiving end of the stabbing, Atlas FC. <laughs> Who had them? 
Nobody's claiming Atlas. Oh wait, sorry. It's you, Grayson. Um, I, I do have I do have Atlas. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> I got I got I got distracted. I saw something on my screen. You saw a stab somewhere. Like, I just got I just got interested. Um, yeah. So Atlas, uh, they're in Guadalajara. Um, they are the club that gifted us Lucho Acosta. So we are grateful to them. Bless um, them. Since they are in Guadalajara, their main rival is Chivas. The derby is called the Clásico Tapatio. Uh, Atlas is known as Los Zorros, which means the foxes. Uh, they have a, they have some other nicknames, but I just liked. The Zoros. Um, they were founded in 1916. They have three league titles and four domestic cups. Uh, a fun fact about their founding is they were founded in a bar in Guadalajara by Mexican friends who had studied in North Yorkshire, England. And they wanted to uh, found a, a, a club like they had seen in England. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. They named the club Atlas after the Titan of Greek mythology. Um, and they won consecutive league championships in the Apertura 2021 and Clausura 2022. Um, their manager is Benjamin Mora. I only mention that because the, he previously managed in the Malaysian Super League. So they must have seen <laughs> wow. something in, the, in his Malaysian <laughs> Super League tenure that attracted them to, to him for, for Mexico. That's a um, move. A couple of a couple of main players. Um, there's Aziel Herrera, who's a Mexican right winger who was recently with Mexico in the Nations League and Gold Cup. Uh, Jeremy Marquez is a Mexican central midfielder. Aldo Rocha is a Mexican defensive midfielder. Eduardo Aguirre is a Mexican center forward with a few caps with Mexico. Uh, Camila Vargas is a Colombian goalkeeper. He was just with uh, Yersa Mascara with the Colombian national team. Mm -hmm. uh, Vargas started started there and played both games. Mascara obviously did not. Um, and the last one I'll mention is Mara Minotas, who is a Colombian center forward who was previously a DP at Houston Dynamo. Yeah. Um, it looks like he may. He went to uh, Atlas and was like a main starter. Seems like he's lost his starting job. But oh, interesting. I it, it, that's just based on like recent recent lineups. Uh, we'll see uh, how they how they approach this tournament. Um, per transfer market, they play either in a four three three or a five four one. Boom. Well, there we go. Pretty good team. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they won the league title after finishing dead last in League MX. Yeah, I think they were last with Lucho. Yeah. And then when Lucho <laughs> left, they immediately won a title. Which won back-to-back -back titles. <laughs> I don't think reflects on Lucho. I think reflects on whoever was coaching them. Because yeah. all the highlights I saw of Lucho with Atlas, he looked really good. And then when they were playing him to spite us while they were negotiating the transfer, yeah. he looked really good. Wait. Yeah. I thought you couldn't play a player while a transfer was pending. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, FCC fans <clears throat> were tweeting at them all the time. So, and this may be, you know, we were reading more into it, but it, it did feel like Lucha started appearing in all of the graphics yep. once that started happening, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. <laughs> Somebody was messing with us. Um, <clears throat> I really don't know how this group will shake out. I could go either way. Toronto's really bad, but New York City plays on their weird field. Atlas is a pretty good team. 
Atlas in New York City. Toronto's Atlas. bad. Yeah. I think Atlas takes the group in New York City, finishes second. Good enough for me. That takes us to the last group we're going to do in this part. That is East 4, which includes the New York Red Bulls, the New England Revolution, and Atletico San Luis. Chief, is this you? This is, in fact, me. Atletico hey. San Luis. This is... I'm going to just... This is a spoiler alert on this particular one. I don't see <laughs> Atletico San Luis advancing in this group. Um, Fair. They are, uh, they're another one of those funky teams that um, has absolutely no history because <laughs> they, in fact, have only existed since 2013. The reason why they've only existed since 2013 is that the original San Luis FC, uh, nicknamed the Tuneros for the tuna fruit that comes from the pickly... Prickly pear cactus. <laughs> they dated back to 1957. But as sometimes happens in professional sports, when a city loves its team so much that it decides to leave, um, they were bought <laughs> and relocated to Tulexa. Tux, tux, I don't even know. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah. Um, and became an outright different team. So <laughs> um, an owner bought the Tiburones Rojas. Veracruz, the Red Sharks of Veracruz, and oh, moved yeah. them to San Luis, taking over the old name of uh, San Luis in 2013, which makes them, I would say, the Cleveland Browns of Mexican soccer, where yes. mm -hmm. another team is brought in and just given the new name. They're owned in 50% by Atletico Madrid, which is where the Atletico Park comes from. So ah. it's very interesting that you've got, you know, we just talked about New York City FC, and you've got a similar situation over here. Um, the team is otherwise pretty forgettable. Uh, what I would note is that San Luis is famous for the famous procession of silence, an annual event commemorating the passion and death of Christ on Good Friday, uh, where it proceeds through the streets in the historic city center with drums and bugles played, but the participants and spectators do not speak. Oh. It's one of the most important celebrations of Easter in Mexico and declared part of the cultural heritage of the state of San Luis. Wow. So there you go. That's... San Luis. So wait, they don't. They they, don't good. So it's the procession of silence, but they're playing bugles, or are they like miming you, playing bugles? You, you don't speak, is what it is. Uh -huh. Is the only. You don't talk. Is the only. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You okay. just don't talk. Is what you. <laughs> Look, I don't make the rules up. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a very silent procession. It sounds like. It's silent-ish <laughs> is the way I would probably choose to describe it. I'm told by Transfer Market they play a four-two-three-one. And um, they just don't spend a lot of money uh, at all. So, yeah. uh, can I add, can I add two things? Go I just, for just it. clicked the Wikipedia page because I was curious. Um, they have Jurgen Dom on the team, oh. who was who was famous for being incredibly fast and otherwise useless. Um, Atlanta played hit, paid him like a Max Tam contract to yeah. do basically nothing except for score on shitty FC Cincinnati. I think one time. <laughs> um, and they have a player named Andres Iniestra. <laughs> That's Aldi branded Iniesta. <laughs> it is. It's like two buck Iniesta. Iniesta. Yeah. We have Iniesta at home. <laughs> That's great. They also have a guy named Juan Castro, who I had a running joke with a bunch of friends of mine that when the Reds were horribly shitty back in like the early 2000s, that they should just do a Juan Castro bobblehead night 
and just ha- <laughs> like just for the look on kids' faces when they got the bobblehead of like a shitty utility infielder that couldn't hit more than like a buck fifty. Like why why did they give this away? I don't like this player. He's not my favorite. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I lo- I would love more obscure bobbleheads. That's for sure. I agree. Uh, Iniestra East- feels like a feels like a post character. <laughs> like I don't know anything about this guy. I just learned about him today. But this feels like a character that should like live on in the post lore. I'm sorry to derail this, but well, no, if it's he right. scores in this tournament, he goes down in infamy forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, East four. What are we predicting here, uh, Chief? You did not give me the warm fuzzies describing the San Luis team. I mean, they're fine. They're just they they're. They're a traditional lower mid table. Like they're doing, they they are one one and one so far in the apertura. They are they are decidedly non spectacular, non interesting. So would we be okay to relegate them? As it were, this feels like a team that would not make it out of the group. New England's very good. Red Bulls, eh, yeah. Red Bulls, Red Bulls are the host for both games. Yeah. Ooh. As the host, as the host for Red with Red Bulls and New England on there, I'm going to give. I would say New England. I don't think that this team is going to go to New England and win on turf. And uh, I don't see Red Bulls losing in that stadium. So, New England Red Bull, Atletico San Luis. We good with that lineup? Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. And with that, that will complete our groups except for Central 3. So we're going to do that in the part fighting three. three. The fighting three. Uh, we're going to do that in part three. That's where we're also going to be a little more FC Cincinnati specific. So we'll start off with that central group, a uh, little rundown on Chivas, and then we'll dive into FC Cincinnati. And that'll be your postcast. So let's head on over there. All right, we're back. Part three, final part, central three, getting the preview treatment here. And that wraps up my last club. That was Chivas. Uh, The proper name of this club is Club Deportivo Guadalajara, CD Guadalajara, otherwise, or as most people know them, Chivas. Chivas is a goat, so you'd be surprised to learn that their nicknames are, in fact, the goats, the striped goats. The Sacred Herd, which I really liked that one. Um, they also have the nickname The Great Champion. So that's very, <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, founded in 1906. Chief, you'll get a kick out of this. They play in Estadio Akron. Yeah, so, the Rubber Bowl. <laughs> that is a, uh, well, for them, it's a Guadalajara suburb. Um, they've won 12 league titles. They've won four cups. They have two Champions Leagues. Their big rival is Club America as they I thought their make big up. rival. I thought their big rival was successful football clubs in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, there's also that. Uh, they have a long history uh, in the United States. So, yes, they had a team in MLS in Chivas USA. Uh, Chivas USA actually, believe it or not, started off very good. That was actually like a sneaky good team. They eventually became terrible. In fact, they are so bad that for the longest time they were the line of uh, 
I don't know. If you weren't better than Chivas, you were having a horrific season. They eventually were folded, and that league spot turned into LAFC. So you'll see LA Galaxy fans like to call LAFC uh, Chivas sometimes. It's a fun little little banter you'll see online. Uh, something that got them in trouble in MLS and is sort of a point of pride for them generally, they only sign Mexican nationals to their team that has been their thing that they've had forever um they've played a little fast and loose with dual nationals recently they actually had one player that they uh signed they believed he was mexican he went on to go represent another country internationally i think it was peru uh they did not immediately cut him they did keep him around um they've also gotten a little lax on that rule on the women's side of things they have a very good women's team um there uh they've had a couple of players you might have heard of and including Carlos Vela and Chicharito. They finished third last season and finished runners-up in the playoffs. Um, This is a huge, huge club. I did appreciate this, though. They were founded by a Belgian in 1906 uh that belgian's favorite club was club bruges so he had them in club bruges colors uh which are red and white stripes uh and then club bruges changed their colors and their uniforms later on so they do not match anymore but that is what they originally started with um they also changed their name uh, to Guadalajara. Their their team had been Union, uh, but again, they went on a, uh, a European tour and they realized all of the teams they were playing against were named after their cities, so they went back and did the same thing. Uh, players to watch here, Victor Guzman, Alexis Vega, and kind of a fun one here, uh, Guti is his name uh, for the Mexican national team. Guti. Gutierrez signed back from PSV. You don't see that one too often. PSV is usually a buying team from Latin America and Mexico, but no, they bought him back. Uh, This is a very good team. We've seen them. I say we as in FC Cincinnati last year in a friendly version of a precursor to this tournament. You got to think they're one of the favorites as well in this one if they decide to take it seriously, which leads us to Central 3 and FC Cincinnati. Um, Before before we get too deep into it, what was your favorite moment from that friendly and why was it Calvin Harris with the death stare (laughs) at Pat Noonan after scoring a meaningless goal? That was so good. Uh, <laughs> might have signed and, and sealed and then delivered one Calvin Harris with that move, but yeah. Like Luigi, was... <laughs> like the Luigi death stare had nothing on the Calvin Harris drive-by that Newton got in that. That was that was intense. Um, I did not attend that uh, that friendly, but people did say that the crowd turned out, that the Chivas fans were fun and, uh, and were that there. That was a super fun game. I was not, yeah. I also, I didn't plan to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was offered a ticket like kind of last minute. Really glad I went. Yeah. Same. Like really, really good atmosphere. Fun game to watch. I know like both squads kind of, you know, as, as you would expect in like a friendly like that heavily rotated, but like exciting game, fun crowd. Also like really appreciated how many groups I saw that were like mixed Chivas and FC and even like people like simultaneously wearing like both FC and Chivas stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I, I want to see more of this. Yes. Like yes. I want to see, like I, I had the same thought at the Guatemala game. Yep. Uh, I was like, I want to see more 
of these of these folks that you know have these disparate fandoms that are also like coming to FC Cincinnati. I think that's like that's that's the dream of this tournament, though, is that you get people that are Chivas fans who probably are okay with FC Cincinnati because they live regionally and they may follow the team, but get them into the stadium and, you know, get them exposed to the idea of, hey, I could I could see myself coming to more of these games or watching more of these games. I really do have high hopes for the. I, I. I have really high hopes for the atmosphere for the Chivas FC game. Yeah. A competitive game. Chivas, like we said, is one of the big four. Uh, I mean, their games against Club America literally outdraw NBA finals when they played in the playoffs previously in the last couple of years. Huge, huge game. Huge fan bases. Uh, This Chivas game, I mean, could be drawing Chivas fans from, you know, Indianapolis, Louisville, Lexington, Dayton. Wouldn't be surprising. This is a big enough team and a a real live match that they're playing nearby ought to draw fans uh, from all over. So that would be pretty cool to see that environment there. FC Cincinnati released their 30 man roster. It looked pretty senior heavy. You can there's space certainly for a heavily rotated starting 11, but it was not a FCC two plus a smattering of starters. It well, no, sure looks no like Don Baji. Yeah. And right. then um was Kubo Salim, on there? I didn't I see. think so. Yeah, I think okay, Kubo okay. was. And then also Salim Adams and Ben Stitz from FCC2 were included okay. on the on the Leaks Cup roster. Okay. So yeah, so a couple of those guys and then a handful of the uh the homegrowns that we've seen before uh Dado, I think Jimenez is on there. Um Valenzuela. Valenzuela, that's Steven Jimenez, Dado yeah. Valenzuela. So yeah, so I think they're both on there. Uh, Isaiah Foster's on there. Apunona's on there. So yeah, like you can certainly make a starting seven or eight of guys that we never see, but otherwise, it certainly looks like we're going to take this seriously. Sporting yeah, Kansas so, City. Oh yes, please. I was just say the way I'm thinking about this is like, yeah, like it's not our main, um, it's not our main like like focus, right? And mm-hmm. I do think we'll see like more rotation. Yeah. But I also think about it like like late season Game of Thrones. <laughs> where it's like, this is not like necessarily what I'm used to. <laughs> but but I'm still seeing all my guys, right? Yeah. I'm yes. still hanging out with my guys. It tastes the same. And it's, it, it, it still it still makes me feel good. Like, right? To see the folks like moving around out there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's the El Camino, the uh, the bonus movie at the end. Like, yeah, yeah, this <laughs> is this is kind of it. <laughs> um, yeah, and the other team in this group is Sporting Kansas City. They've been pretty bad, uh, but they have had a handful of surprises this year. Alan Polito is looking pretty good for them. Um, so yeah, so this is certainly it feels like. We will treat this tournament, FCC is we in this case, uh, the same way the Open Cup was treated, which is heavily rotated at the beginning. And if you find yourself in the knockout rounds, eh, maybe start trying. <laughs> the hard part with this tournament, though, is that if you don't make the knockout rounds, it's a long layoff. Yeah. So you're incentivized at the very least to keep winning just so that you have stuff for your guys to do. I know we joked about sending guys down to FCC two on Sunday, but you don't want to do that. You want to, you want to advance. You want to make it through. 
And the other thing too is this club's hot. They're yeah. playing some of their best soccer. They and finally they're got their home. They're both at home. They got their roster back together. And the number one rule when you're hot is stay hot. Don't yeah. take your foot off the gas. Don't let this idea that it's okay if we lose one here. It's not a big deal. Now you, you keep playing. The standard is the standard. And the standard is the standard when you're playing in the League's Cup, the Open Cup, the MLS Cup. It's got to be all or nothing. So I, I do expect they're going to I do expect they're going to try. I don't think you're going to see the same level of rotation that you saw in the Open Cup. There no. will be some rotation, but the rotation I'm thinking of is maybe Apononu plays alongside Miazga and Hagland, or you know maybe Malik Pinto starts alongside Lucho Acosta and Wobodo, something like that. Like that's the yeah. level of rotation we're talking about here. I think. Yeah, you also have Aaron Bupenza just joined the club. You probably want to start bleeding him in, uh, as that were. So certainly getting him reps out there is going to be good. So I'd expect to see a lot of Bupenza, even if we do heavily rotate elsewhere. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, this is nice because in a lot of ways, FCC is sort of playing with house money as far as we're concerned, because if they win this thing, hell yeah, like we, we care about the League's Cup now as we are into our third hour of talking about this. Um, but, the League's Cup mega post-palooza. Yeah, yes. post-palooza. <laughs> we are the official League's Cup podcast. We have yes. by default. I don't. I, I, I think Extra Time did something on it. I confess i did not listen to it yeah like i don't really listen to extra time anymore now that i have my own content creation platform <laughs> but uh I, yeah i mean i i don't know i feel like yeah i feel like this is a fairly con comprehensive preview of, of of what we're gonna see and i'm actually excited for it. i'm actually more excited for it now yes, yes. than when we started this podcast yes. right but what's our prediction for this group this is the question, and we'll set up what we look at in the future. So Chivas is big. We get all the games at home. SKC is not very good. My gut reaction was to say Chivas, Cincinnati, SKC, all in a row there. But if you'd expect Cincinnati to win both of their games, that, that Chivas game becomes the big one, though. Yeah. I so think who's... Who do you take between us and Chivas in a penalty shootout? Chivas. Ro yeah, Roman Celentano <laughs> in a penalty shootout against Chivas. That's pretty cool, actually. It is cool. Um, We've seen Lucio be, in so Vasquez. This, this is a fun group. Will this, be an, this, Ali, will this group? be an Ali Khan tournament? I think it's a Roman. I think it's a Roman tournament. Maybe you play, maybe you play Alec Khan one game and Roman another game. I'd be, I'd be, Cool trotting right. out Alec I'm gonna, Can against SKC. I'm going to be the first person to call for this. This is an Evan LaRoe tournament. Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> Fuck, yes. Yeah, this is an Evan LaRoe tournament. You know, he's uh, not going to hear that, but I appreciate it. If that. he gets a minute, we'll, we'll talk to him about yeah. it. <laughs> um, Pat so, Noonan, call Evan. It's Evan's turn. <laughs> Pat Noonan, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
What if this uh, is how Pat decides to scout Chivas? <laughs> we're in deep shit that if that's the what case. So, not, we will lose this game. I do, I do want to point out that since the seeding is like the top seeded teams get worse seeded teams, mm-hmm. both FC Cincinnati and Chivas were the eight seeds. <laughs> so this is like theoretically the most matched group. Which is funny but because they both Cincinnati, immediately got better. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So this is, I think, I would be very disappointed if Sporting Kansas City got out of this group. Yeah. At a minimum, if we take it seriously and Chivas takes it seriously, this has the makings of the game of the tournament. These should be on yeah. paper, the two best teams playing, depending on how you want to look at the Cruz Azul Inter Miami. Yeah, I was about to say that Cruz Azul Inter Miami game, you're gonna have a hard time not selling me as <laughs> Messi versus Cruz Azul not being the game of the tournament. This should be it should be the most fun game of the tournament because it's two, you know, yeah. it's 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 FC Cincinnati versus one of the big dogs of Liga MX. That's really cool. And yeah. the, the supporters shield win the supporters shield front runner versus one of the elites of the Mexican League. So I would say that my gut is telling me Chivas FC. Yeah. But my heart is telling me FC Chivas. Let me ask so, you this, boys. And I'm going with my no, heart. Before, before is the you, post <laughs> really truly going to put FCC anywhere but first in this group? No. God, no. <laughs> the, no the, more, right? the more important question, the more important question is, does the FC... Are they the flag bearer and the standard bearer for MLS in this tournament? Is there pressure on them to beat Chivas because we are the franchise now for the league? I don't think so. I'll be honest, because I still think like people from outside of MLS and frankly, a lot of people from inside MLS are going to be looking at Atlanta, Miami, New York, L.A., Seattle, kind of. Yeah, Seattle, kind of your traditional things mm-hmm. however we have two games at home in five days there's going to be a lot of internal pressure yeah to show out those games yeah and i think i think this team has always met the moment this year this year yes okay like okay. this F- <laughs> fc cincinnati good clarification under under pat under the current regime has consistently met the moment well on the plus side we don't have st louis in our group so well that was on the road <laughs> yeah and there was that was like a weird moment yeah i mean that's the other thing too to consider here is that they have not lost a game at tql stadium this year They've lost one game at TQL Stadium dating back to what, like May mm-hmm. of last year? Yeah. You got to protect that. Like, you can't let there be a dent in that. Like, you've got to handle your shit at home. Very annoying that Chivas and Kansas City play last. Yes. So we don't have, like, a target to aim for. Both Chivas and Kansas City will have something to aim for pending the results of the other groups uh, or the other matches in our group, because this is the annoying thing about three team groups. But think about that. That gives us something to complain about. Yeah. It's even better. That's the best. We're better That's for the best. content from a content point of view. This yeah. is a win win. <laughs> We're really good at complaining. However, uh, however, <laughs> I, I, I like knew this was going to happen. 
like I was ready to just ship League's Cup. But now uh, that we've talked about it for like two fucking hours, <laughs> and I know there's a game coming up Sunday, yeah, and another Lord. game next Thursday. Oh, god damn! I am it. pumped for it. I I will genuinely be tuning in to random games now. I want to do like my dream if I had no other life, and maybe if I win this billion dollar lottery that just happened thirty minutes ago. Um. I'd love to do like a nightly recap on like Twitter spaces or something of like what happened in League's Cup today. Um, okay, that's not going to happen. It will not. Don't get no. there. May I? I could see it happening like <laughs> ad hoc. Yeah, if I get lucky once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm putting it. I'm calling it Chivas. No, FC Cincinnati Chivas SKC. That's the Let's group. Go. That's how Central Three is wrapping up. Uh, again, this is a uh, an FC Cincinnati podcast. Uh, but allegedly looking ahead at our side of the bracket, that would mean Cincinnati versus Nashville based on how we've done all the other groups. So the first knockout round, we would get the winner of Minnesota St. Louis. I feel good about that. Other games in our side of the bracket would be Chivas versus Toluca and Chicago versus club America folks. That means Chivas, Toluca, Club America. All Listen, would be in our way. <laughs> except so we would Only host we would yes. host Nashville. Yep. We would host the winner of Minnesota St. Louis. And we, we would, would host, host the, the Mexican Mex. team. Yes. <laughs> and we would host <laughs> fucking wild. We would host Chicago as well if they yes. somehow got through that. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking uh, tickets to buy. Fuck. On the yeah. same side of the bracket, but on the other side, LAFC versus Austin, LA Galaxy versus Monterey, Tigres versus Leon, Portland versus RSL. All very evenly matched. Good matchups there. I like and we'll that. And we'll do, if, we'll do a knockout round podcast. Yeah. You know, yeah, after, yeah. After, after group stage. Yeah, so, is, is, the plan that, is the plan still we're going to do a regular FC Cincinnati podcast on Sunday, and then next week we're going to do another... I think maybe Monday, because yeah. the game okay. is Sunday is going to be kind of late. We also, spoiler alert, we have a special guest book for Monday, so hopefully yeah. that pulls through. But yeah, we'll we'll adjust the schedule accordingly on the podcast, but generally... If that get... guest falls through, we'll just bring Zach Blanford back on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and only if the guest falls through. Yes. He's really rooting for bad connections here. Uh, yeah, so we'll have to adjust the release schedules a little bit because then the Chivas game is a Thursday, so yeah. we may release before or after that. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, these games are like late. Yeah, they are very so, late. So, folks, don't get, your, don't get your hopes up. There may not be like a post-Chivas game until after the, until after the post-Chivas pod until after the group stage is over. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to make any promises. Or you can uh, buy a shitload of shirts, promo code the post Cincy, and that'll convince us to make more content. That's true. Yes. Uh, just real quick, just to wrap up the other uh, knockout rounds on the other side of the bracket. That is Philly, Montreal, New England, NYFC, Pumas versus Tijuana, Atlas versus New York Red Bulls. That if our like predictions hold. Yes, if our predictions hold. Yeah, but hold. I, hate, I hate to say this. This is probably going to be a really fun tournament. Yeah. Yeah. The last one. Uh, Juarez versus Charlotte, Orlando, Cruz Azul, Miami, Dallas, Pachuca, 
Houston. So, so you know what this? You know I what this love t- all those teams being around Cruz Azul because yeah. I'm ready to ride Cruz Azul like all the way. All you know the what this, way. You know what this tournament is? Honestly, now that we spent almost two and a half hours please, talking about it, please. This is the World Baseball Classic. It Everyone is. shits all over the World Baseball Classic until it starts. And the crowds are electric, the games are exciting, <laughs> and you find yourself glued to a television watching Shohei Otani uh, strike out Mike Trout in the top of the ninth inning and the bottom of the ninth inning to win a game. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what this is. So get on the hype bandwagon now, so you can tell all your friends you were in a, you were into this from day one. Yes, yes. No, this is going to be a fun tournament. Hopefully, it pans out. Honestly. Uh, I hate that I'm excited about this. God fucking same, damn it. I was, because I hate that I think fuck. that this, they're trying to like replace Open Cup with this because I love Open Cup. Oh, yeah. But, but they are. It's interrupting Man. our goddamn season. We're God. hotter than a fucking firecracker. Oh. Yep. July 21st, the, the entire tournament starts off Cruz Azul versus Leo Messi's Inner Miami. And then it's like 10 days of soccer every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two to three games yeah. a day. It's, yeah, there are one, two, three, four, five matches on Friday, kicking off between 8 and 10.30. Again, everything is on Apple TV. Man, this is going to be a blast. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, my God. We got to win this. Now that we're hyped for it, we got to win it. <laughs> Gotta win Sunday. Starts on Sunday. Starts Start. on Sunday. One game and at a time. And with that, Viva Cruz Azul, Buck Columbus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cincy Postcast, which is a production of The Post Cincy. You can check us out at thepostcincy.com for all of our written content as well as links to our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and as well you can join us on our Discord server. You can find links to that server both in this episode description as well as on our website. That is where most of our conversations are going on. We have a lovely community there talking about FC Cincinnati, MLS, anything and everything else and everything in between. We also want to give a huge thanks to Jim Trace and the Makers for providing all of the music you've heard throughout this episode. They're an amazing local Cincinnati band. Again, more information about them is in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, you've made it to the end. So I'm going to assume you liked it or you just can't reach your stop button. Please like us, review us, subscribe to us wherever you are getting your podcasts. That is going to be really, really helpful. But more importantly, share this with a friend. A personal recommendation helps sped a podcast so much further. So please share this if you know somebody in your life who's an FC Cincinnati fan, an MLS fan, somebody that you think would enjoy this. Pass it on over. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It blows me away that people continue to listen to us. And thank you so, so much again.